Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. NASCAR Racing, next on MRN Radio. It is a race that has teased the favorites and embraced the underdogs. The diehard 500 at Talladega Super Speedway, 19 different winners in 21 races. Many drivers have won their first and only Winston Cup race here. Short track standout Stanley Smith is in the headlines today. In this, his first ever Winston Cup race, he qualified in the 12th starting spot, ahead of many of the sport's biggest stars. Can Stanley Smith from NASCAR's all-American Challenge Series post another Talladega upset win. What are his chances? To me, they're they're slim, but uh, I know the car that I've got is a good car and it's capable of winning the race. So uh, you know, if we stay out there. I know I know running races that we run on the normal Saturday nights. You you stay out of trouble. You keep your nose clean and you make sure you're around it to finish. And then you take the best you can get. So you know, we'll have to see how that turns out here. The unpredictable Die Hard 500 is next from Talladega. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets, the South's number one headache powder. Good afternoon, everyone, from Talladega Super Speedway. Well, there's going to be a lot of unknown factors in the early going here this afternoon. Eli Gold, of course, the new 30-degree spoiler rule has really drastically cut the speed. The smaller carburetor restrictor plates have also contributed to that. But most of the drivers are saying that once this race gets green, we'll see the speeds go back up to a racing speed of around 193, 194. They're not all that concerned about running that close together here because every driver I've talked to really deep down likes that spoiler rule. They really do. The cars are just that much more stable on this racetrack, which is the quickest on the Winston Cup circuit. The banking of 33 degrees, you really get around here in a hurry, but I think what's more interesting is which cars really have worked on their performance all weekend long. And in the last practice session here yesterday afternoon, Derek Cope began to emerge as a team that's going to be reckoned with today. Greg Sachs, who didn't have a good qualifying run at all, they have worked on that car, and they were rather quick in practice yesterday. Kyle Petty likewise, and of course the fellas you'd expect, Dale Earnhardt and Davey Allison, who are on the front row. Earnhardt having won the pole, and the first Bush pole for him since the 1987 racing season. So we've got so many stories to explore today, but I think... One of the most unique happens to be the fellow we just heard from moments ago, Stanley Smith. He is the defending champion of NASCAR's All-American Challenge Series. He is second in the points in that series this year. He has run once at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in NASCAR's Sportsman Division, but failed to qualify here in May for the Winston 500. They work on the car, they get their act and gear, they show up, and they qualify in 12th spot. Stanley is getting set to climb aboard his machine right now. Jim Phillips. 
Phillips is standing alongside. Jim is from WNPC Radio in Newport, Tennessee. I guess the first question I'd like to ask Stanley Smith is, what's the difference between running a track like Birmingham on a Saturday night and you come to a 2.66-mile speedway like Talladega and you qualify in the 12th position? Well, the, the speed's the, you know, the biggest factor is, is you're going fast and you know it. How about this race team? This is a, a team, an organized team that's uh, been together three or four years, and uh, we just were lucky with Interstate Battery sponsorship to uh, work a deal with them for a few races. And so, but you know, they've impressed me, and I, I hope I've impressed them by qualifying as good as we did. So we'll just have to see how things go after today, and uh, maybe we're going, maybe we together we can do some a few more races. Well, earlier you failed to make the field, then you come in here and you qualify 12. What did you do to pick up the speed that much? Well, we changed teams. Uh, the other team was. Um, uh, a different, you know, it was a different team and a car and everything. So uh, they really didn't want to do any more races. So we, we got with TriStar and worked a deal. And like I said, boy, it really shows uh, the difference in teams, you know, because some of the teams have got their act together and the other ones are a little less, uh, a little lacking, you know. Well, you're starting up some good company, Terry Labonte. Also, you got uh, Sterling Marlin behind you, Ernie Irvin. What's going to be your strategy for today's race? My strategy is to be looking in somebody's back bumper all day because I know that uh, we tried yesterday to pull out just to see what had happened, and, and I know now that you know you pull out and you think you're going by them, but all of a sudden it's just like you hit a wall. So, you know, I've got to I've got to just hang in there, and these guys are not going to give me a lot of help because they're a little scared of me, but I don't blame them. But uh, like I said, we're just going to try to you know stay behind people and, and draft and uh, not get in their way. You know, I don't want to hold nobody up or mess nobody up so like i said if we get in situations where things get a little tight or whatever then i may back out and then go back to the rear a little bit but i need lap time that's stanley smith and of course this track is known for the underdog it could happen for stanley smith today and there's stranger things have happened at this racetrack and you know there's a lot of pressure on him but once they put that thing under green i think he'll be all right and he'll settle right in from woodruff south carolina right now let's check in with dick brooks well, Barney, we're going to uh, talk to Dale Earnhardt here in a little bit and also Davey Allison, but this is a very, very warm day, as uh, some of the people have talked about, I think. And uh, these guys are trying trying to stay just as cool as long as they possibly can, and uh, and most of them are, uh, <laughs> are just sitting around to the last minute. But I'll be with them just in a minute. Dick Brooks is one of those drivers who himself won here at the Talladega Super Speedway and uh, showed that not that Brooks by any stretch is a, an underdog type of driver because he has done well, but uh, this is one of the racetracks where Dick Brooks managed uh, to pull off a victory. The third member of our pit coverage crew today is Winston Kelly from Denver, North Carolina. He'll be patrolling the garage area and parts of pit road for us today. Let's check in with him. Eli, we've caught up with one of the drivers who had a very good run back here in May, Ernie Irvin. And Ernie, you've switched cars today going to a Chevrolet. Well, I tell you, you know, this Kodak team's uh, really worked hard to switch all of our stuff over to Illumina. And, uh, you know, we're having to learn everything all over again, but we got the car handling real good today. We're a little disappointed with our qualifying effort, but we hope to bring in a good finish. Ernie, how about the change in the spoiler rule going up to 30 degrees? How has that affected the handling of the car? Oh, not at all. You know, we've got more than 30 on it right now, and we haven't even started the race. So with Oldsmobile, we'd run 30, but with this car, we need to run a little more. Well, that's Ernie Irvin. He'll start this Kodak film Chevrolet in 16th this afternoon. We also hope to get a word with the man starting alongside him, Jimmy Horton in the Tide Chevrolet. I think we're going to see a lot of the drivers that did not qualify all that strong come right up to the front of the pack once they put this thing under green. Dale Earnhardt and Davey Allison, as we said, are the two cars on the front row. Let's check back in with Dick Brooks. Well, we're walking along the pit row here. Everybody's just about got decided where they're going to be. Dale, uh, 
It's a whole new world for you. It's been, uh, what, two, three years since you got to start right on the front. Well, it has, but uh, I think I'll figure it out here by the time we get the green flag, figure out what to do with it. But uh, I hope uh, Kyle and I can get going pretty good and go. And, you know, Davey and Mark's been running real good in practice, and he's going to be real tough. Well, you got a couple GM products on the inside, a couple Ford on the outside. Who's had the uh, the advantage? Or if, tell us a little bit about the drafting. Which cars draft better? Well, it's been a pretty good uh, deal drafting along with Bill and uh, Mark and some of the guys uh, in the Fords. Uh, I haven't had any Chevrolet guys that really draft with me so far in practice. So, you know, I'm anxious to see some of them get up here and help me out. I'm in the, in the mix of all these Fords and a couple of Pontiacs here. It's um, sort of look around a little lonesome. Nice warm day. Aerodynamics of the cars and stuff. Try to keep all the wind and stuff out of them. It's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day. Uh, it was pretty warm down at uh, it's pretty warm down Daytona. It's fairly warm here, so hopefully we'll be okay. I bet he will be. They're getting ready to get strapped in here and uh, going to see a good race here today, guys. He's had nothing but smiles on his face all week long. Dale Earnhardt will be starting on the pole. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. We're sitting some 45 miles to the east of Birmingham and roughly 90 miles to the west of Atlanta, Georgia. It is a scorcher of an afternoon, but a fine crowd is on hand for 188 laps of racing. And then this is a racetrack, as we've said before, that has smiled on some of the underdogs. James Hilton has won here. Pete Hamilton and Richard Brickhouse. Lenny Pond had a win here. Bobby Hillen has won here. But one of those fellows who has yet to visit Victory Lane here at Talladega is Mark Martin, the current Winston point leader, the driver of the Folgers Coffee Ford. Let's get his pre-race thoughts. Mark, you guys just keep worrying everybody by qualifying right in the front. And then uh, so long during the race, something kind of, you know, it just it hasn't been consistent for you. This is a racetrack that uh, has favored those kind of people. Uh, myself, one here from way back, and we just had a, you know, it's happened to a lot of people. What are you going into this thing thinking about? Is it different than the rest of them? Well, it's the same as everything else, you know, uh, a lot of drivers with really good cars got uh, uh, breaks here, you know, and won races. Uh, there's been nothing wrong with our deal. Uh, we ran bad at Pocono at the first race. We got wrecked at Daytona, and uh, we ran okay at Pocono. You know, nothing to be excited about, but uh, decent. Uh Every team has its ups and downs. Uh, we think we can go out here today and win this thing. We've got the best car we've ever had for restrictor plate racing. We've got the best engine we've ever had. And we feel lucky. So certainly we need more luck than we do car because we got all the car we need. You know, we just need to get lucky and, and we can win this thing. Well, that's, uh, you know, you put the combination together, you got to figure something's going to happen. What about drafting? You'd rather draft the GM cars or the Fords? Uh, as long as the cars, this car is not responsive to what uh, car it is that it's running with, as long as it's a good car, good, fast car. Uh, this car runs quicker with other quick cars. If I team up with a slower car, it won't pick up any speed. It'll pick the slower car up, but it won't pick my speed up. If I team up with Kyle Petty, 
Dale Earnhardt, Davy Allison, a couple of these other really good cars, we can really move some freight. I'll tell you, the aerodynamics of these cars have made a lot of difference in the way they draft and slingshot and everything else in the last few years. Okay. I doubt if there's any car in the field today that isn't more comfortable than they've been at this racetrack in a long, long time. Everybody we've talked to with this 30-degree spoiler rule says you can just drive the car anywhere you need to. A driver that is really beginning to get things turned around, and his team right here in the midpoint of the season is Terry Labonte. Let's go down to Jim Phillips and get his thoughts. Well, the defending winner of this race is Terry Labonte. If you remember back at Daytona and the Daytona 500, he was second, then sixth in the firecracker, so the big tracks really suited your team this year, Terry. Well, you know, we've got a good combination on the big tracks. Uh, the Skull Olsenbill's running good this weekend. You know, I feel like uh, we've got a good shot at it if we can stay on top of it all day and, uh, you know, stay up there in the, in the lead pack. You're in an Oldsmobile. Is your car uh, draft any better with any other make or model of car? doesn't seem to. It seems to run about the same with all the car, all the different cars I've drafted with. The car's handles real well. It's real stable. So uh, I think I can run with any of them, really. I noticed you've got the cool suit on there. It's going to be a hard day. I don't tell nobody. I was wanting everybody to think I was tough. <laughs> That's Terry Labonte. He's starting 11th today. Remember one week ago, Darrell Waltrip took one lap in the Tide Chevrolet, and then because of the injuries he suffered at Daytona back on July 6th, he turned the driving chores over to Jimmy Horton. But this weekend, the decision has been made not to even affect a driver change. Have Jimmy Horton start the car. Darrell Waltrip will remain in the pit area to serve as a moral support and a booster of the racing team. So Jimmy Horton is cinching up right now in the Tide Chevrolet. Let's get his thoughts along with Winston Kelly. And as Jimmy gets final words of instructions from crew chief Jeff Hammond, Darrell Waltrip sits in a golf cart with his wife Stevie directly beside the Tide Chevrolet. Jimmy, your third race with Jeff Hammond and the crew here. Can you tell a difference every time you get in the car? Yeah, well, they're, you know, they're helping my driving style a little bit. You know, I'm just kind of a rookie. You know, we don't have much time on a racetrack or in a draft. And they've been working with me real good and, you know, the Tide team, the Hendrick Motorsports has just been real helpful to me and real encouraging getting my confidence up and you know I'm just going to do the best job I can for him today and just finish the race and hopefully it'll be number one. Jimmy, is there any special anticipation today since circumstances beyond your control have prevented you from running up front the last two races you're in this car? Well, it, it gives the team a better shot. You know, they don't have to prepare to get the one lap back or two laps back. We can just go out there and prepare for the race and uh, just stay up front and don't have to w really work as hard as we've been working the last few weeks. Well, this Tide Chevrolet finished second by less than a car length in last year's Die Hard 500, and Jimmy Horton will try to add yet another chapter in the Cinderella stories of the Talladega Die Hard 500 this afternoon. We're here at the Talladega Super Speedway. Davey Allison will be starting on the front row alongside of Dale Earnhardt, and I guess of all the super speedways that Davey has as much experience on, he's had better success right here at Talladega than any place at all. Let's get his thoughts and go back down to the front row. Well, Davey's uh, buckling in here all right, putting on a little bit of cooling uniform here and a Trying to trying to keep him nice and cool during the day. David, this has been a good racetrack for you. You've run well here, and uh, it's a good hometown track. What do you expect out of today? Well, it's, it's a hot day today, and the track's probably going to loosen up quite a bit. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough race. There's a lot of guys here that have been working real hard. We've been working real hard. Jake's really helped us out. And, uh, you know, we, we finished second in this race once. Now we'd like to finish first. I had a, years and years ago, I drove a car for a man named Ray Fox, and he was building engines for you. His son was building engines for you here, and something happened. Tell us about it. Well, you know, we're all walking around heavy-hearted this week. We lost uh, one of the best guys in the world, we feel like. Raymond Fox, Jr., had a heart attack earlier this, this week and, and passed away, and we're going to really miss him. He was a vital part of our team, and, you know, uh, his family's up in North Carolina right now listening on the radio, watching on TV. It's a sad day, and 
one sense, but it's a happy day in another. We know he's looking down on a smile, and we'd like to win this race for him. Well, I'm sure they would, and I'd like to say to his dad, uh, he had the quickest driving race car I ever drove in. I drove it in Charlotte about uh, 15 years ago. Ray Fox Sr., about whom Dick Brooks was speaking, is a member of the National Motorsport Press Association Hall of Fame. And right now on pit road, Davey Allison's Ford is lined up on the outside of the front row. A funeral wreath is placed in front of that car in honor of Ray Fox Jr., who lost his life earlier this week. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. couple of other stories that we need to pass along, and unfortunately, none of them are of a particularly happy nature. Dick Bauer passed away on Friday. Dick was president of Performance Associates, which is a public relations firm, which has dealt with MRN and many aspects of NASCAR racing over the years. Our condolences to the family of Dick Bauer. Also, Benny Ertel and his wife, Cheryl. Benny is the uh, publicity agent, if you will, for Dale Earnhardt. They lost uh, their baby boy, Max, passed away at the age of six weeks old just this past uh, Wednesday or Thursday, and all of us here at MRN, the entire racing family, send condolences to uh, Benny and Cheryl Ertel. That was a loss that was felt throughout the garage area. I think we have time to maybe talk with one more driver, and a gentleman who will be starting way back at the tail end of the field is Greg Sachs. Let's get his thoughts with Jim Phillips. Well, we know Greg Sachs is capable. He came out of the box early this year, and the Bush Clash has started running fast. He finished second in the Winston 500, but you're starting 38th today. Have you picked out anybody back this far to draft with to get you up front? Yeah, just about anybody that's going to the front, I'm going to try to go with. You know, there's no way you can really pick your partners before the race starts, but, you know, I've got a few teammates not too far up ahead of me. I sure would like to see some Hendrick cars hook up and go to the front. That's Greg Sachs. Look for him up front before the day's out. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Die Hard 500. We're back at Talladega. They've just given the command to fire engines, and 42 cars come alive on pit road, and they'll be on the speedway here in a moment. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Back in 42nd position, Richard Petty of Randomon, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac. 41st, Hutt Strickland of Calera, Alabama, the Ray Bestest Brakes Racing Buick. 40th, Mark Stahl of San Diego, California, the Auto Bell Car Wash Racing Ford. Lake Speed will be starting 39th out of Jackson, Mississippi in the Prestone Oldsmobile. 38th starter, heard from him a moment ago, Greg Sachs out of Mattituck, New York in the Ultra Slim Fast Chevrolet. Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida starts 37th in the Dinner Bell Foods Oldsmobile. 36th starter, Buddy Baker out of Charlotte, North Carolina, the Sunny King Ford. 35th, Dave Marcus, Wausau, Wisconsin in the Big Apple Market Chevrolet. 34th, Tracy Leslie of Mount Clemens, Michigan in the Detroit Gasket Oldsmobile. 33rd, Chad Little of Spokane, Washington. He'll be in the Bullseye Barbecue Sauce Racing Ford. And 32nd is Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, the Country Time Drink Mix Pontiac. 31st, Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania, the Heinz 
Dylan Pontiac. 30th starter is Mickey Gibbs from Glencoe, Alabama, the special days in Ford. 29th is veteran A.J. Foyt of Houston, Texas, the Copenhagen Oldsmobile. 28th is Bill Venturini of Chicago, Illinois, the Amico Ultimate Chevrolet. 27th is Jack Pennington from North Augusta, Georgia, the Kanawha Insurance Oldsmobile. Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, starts in 26th. He drives the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac. 25th is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. 24th, Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, the Kodiak Chevrolet. And a good qualifying effort for Jimmy Means out of Huntsville, Alabama. The Alka-Seltzer Pontiac starts 23rd. 22nd is Dale Jarrett, and there's some news to pass along about that racing team. Dale's from Conover, North Carolina, driving the Wood Brothers Sitco Ford. And 21st starter, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington, the Pure Later Chevrolet. Dick Trickle will be starting 20th. He's from Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin, the Trop Arctic Racing Pontiac. 19th is Butch Miller of Coopersville, Michigan, in the Food World Chevrolet. Starting 18th, Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, in the Quaker State Racing Buick. 17th starter, Bobby Hillen of Midland, Texas, in the Snickers Buick. Starting 16th, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. And starting 15th is Jimmy Horton of Hamilton, New Jersey, starting the Tide Chevrolet. Obviously, relief driving for Darrell Waltrip and Lee Mins. 14th, Sterling Marlin, Columbia, Tennessee, the Sunoco Ultra Oldsmobile. 13th, Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York, in the Budweiser Ford. 12th, Stanley Smith of Chelsea, Alabama, in the Interstate Batteries Pontiac. And starting 11th is Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Skull Classic Oldsmobile. As the field now rolls off pit road to take the first of two warm-up laps, let's take a look at the top ten. Tenth starter is Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, the Motorcraft Ford. In ninth, Bill Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia. That's the Coors Ford Thunderbird. In eighth spot, Phil Parsons out of Detroit, Michigan, the Diamond Ridge Racing Pontiac. And seventh is Harry Gant from Taylorsville, North Carolina, the Skull Bandit Oldsmobile. The sixth starter is the current leader in the Rookie of the Year campaign on the Winston Cup Tour, Rob Morosho out of Madison, Connecticut. That's the Crown Petroleum Oldsmobile. Fifth starter is Alan Kulwicki of Greenfield, Wisconsin, the Xerox Antifreeze Ford. In fourth, Mark Martin from Batesville, Arkansas, the Folgers Coffee Ford. Third starter is Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the Peak Antifreeze Pontiac. And the front row, we have already heard from both drivers, Davey Allison of Hueytown has the Haviland Ford Thunderbird starting on the outside of row one. The pole sitter starting from that spot for the first time since 1987, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet qualifying at 192.513 miles an hour. Six drivers tried but failed to qualify for the diehard 500. Delma Cowart, Charlie Glotzbach, who won the ARCA race here yesterday, Rick Mast, J.D. McDuffie, Rodney Combs, and Philip Duffy all tried but failed to qualify. Dale Earnhardt has an extra incentive for winning this race today. The Unical Challenge money is getting up there pretty large again. It's now $68,400, so... When you put him in front and he doesn't have to pass anybody and you got to catch him, he's going to be tough to deal with. We're at the biggest speedway that NASCAR runs on, 2.66 miles around Talladega, and a lot of things happen in both ends of this racetrack. Let's take a swing around it right now. To cover the action over in turns one and two this afternoon from WPEX Radio in Hampton, Virginia, let's go out to Joe Moore. Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everyone. You do see a lot of action here in turns one and two. Going into the corner, it's kind of tame. The drivers just kind of come off the throttle going into the turn, but it's between turns one and two 
where they start planning where they want to be once they get off turn two and on this long back straightaway. That's where the draft forms up. So about halfway between turns one and two, you'll see the cars start to drop down in lower lines or maybe to the outside groove to try to form that draft to make the run down this back straightaway. We'll be covering all this action today through turns one and two and on to the back stretch at Talladega. They'll build up a head of steam of probably 196 to 198 miles an hour, that back straightaway. A lot of passing takes place as they get set up to work into turn number three and to cover the action there from Daytona Beach, Florida, Alan Bestwick. Thank you, Barney. Good afternoon, everyone. That passing done by what's called a slingshot maneuver where you use the aerodynamic draft of the car in front of you to pull out a line and at the last moment slip by him underneath in turn three. However, the rule of thumb on this back straightaway, the last couple of Talladega races has been he who pulls out of line had better have a friend go behind him as well. If you pull out a line all by yourself, you're not going to be able to use that draft. Instead, you're going to go all the way to the back of that line of cars, which could be 15, 20 cars long. We'll cover the action on the back straightaway and into turn three this afternoon. Then they approach turns three and four, the 33-degree branking at that end of the speedway, which leads to this tricky trioval area. And from Anaheim, California, coming southeast for this weekend is Dan Hubbard. Thank you, Eli, and good afternoon, everybody. And as you heard Eli said, it is a 33-degree banking, and that allows the cars and the drivers to really keep the power on through the turn. Speaking with Kenny Schrader yesterday, he said what you want to do through turn four is really just stay in line. As you heard Alan Bestwick say just before, you don't want to get out of line because if you do, you're really going to pay the price at the exit. So what you want to do is stay in the draft, stay behind the fast cars, and try to pull off a pass at the exit of turn four and set them up for the tri-oval. That's the scene here at turn four. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. And that's where the field is right now, coming off the corner, heading towards the trioval. And at most racetracks, the start-finish line is right in the middle of the trioval. But again, we stress that here at Talladega, the start-finish line is almost all the way down to the entrance of turn number one. It makes this trioval area so very tricky and so very important, particularly on the last lap of the race. Atop the flag stand right now, Doyle Ford from Nashville, Tennessee, with the indication of one lap to go. The lights are extinguished atop the Pontiac Grand Prix Turbo Safety Car. Today's broadcast of the Die Hard 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Talladega Super Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. The Winston Cup point chase, so very tight going into this afternoon's race. In the last three races, the point battle has basically remained the same as far as the players are concerned, but the point spread has changed. After Pocono last week, the top five still Mark Martin, Dale Earnhardt, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Bodine, and Morgan Shepard, but there are now only 114 points between the top four drivers. And taking it a step further, Barney, as well as this racetrack has embraced so many different faces over the years, 
years. Among those in the top five, only Dale Earnhardt has ever won here at Talladega. He's done it twice. Everybody else is still looking for that first win at this big racetrack. There haven't been that many different winners at Talladega over the years. At one time, I think there was uh, about 13 or 14 races in this particular show here that we're going to do today that had a different winner each time. Field getting a little bit tighter up in turns three and four, getting ready for the start here this afternoon of the Die Hard 500. It's kind of an overcast day. There's quite a few clouds drifting around. There was in the forecast earlier today a possibility of a thunder shower, but nothing that would keep this race from going green for most of the day. The honorary starter this afternoon is Roger Detter, the national marketing manager for Sears Automotive. Sears and their Die Hard brand of battery becoming the official battery of NASCAR this week. Elmo Langley takes the Pontiac Grand Prix Turbo down pit road. And we are set to go racing the first of 188 laps at the Talladega Super Speedway. They are about 1,200 feet in the start-finish line, coming down to the line, still waiting for that green flag. It is in the air, and the Die Hard 500 is underway. Earnhardt on the brake, gets out up front all by himself in clean air as they head for turn one. Kyle Petty pulls up alongside Davey Allison. That battle for the second spot goes on into turn one as Earnhardt gets four or five car lengths out in front of the rest of the field. Petty works down to the inside with drafting help from Alan Kowicki. He's directly behind Kyle Petty. Still the battle for second off turn number two. Kyle Petty and Davey Allison side by side. Earnhardt drops down to the inside groove to try and draft with Kyle Petty. Petty picks up Alan Kowicki from behind right now, but Davey Allison holds strong with Mark Martin on the outside into three. Charging into turn three. It is Earnhardt, but he has to back up just a little bit into turn three. This allows Allison and Petty to close up the gap, and these fans are on their feet as they're too wide going into turn four. It is Earnhardt just in front of Allison and Petty, and behind him, Kowicki and Martin. They're into the tri-oval. Further back it is four wide as Derek Cope charges to the inside in his Purelator Chevrolet back at around 15th spot. Cope trying to use the inside to his advantage. Davey Allison will lead the first lap of the Die Hard 500. Jeff Bodine goes backwards while everybody else goes the other way. It's Davey Allison and Earnhardt, your front two machines, then side by side, about four rows deep. On the outside, the battle for third. Jeff Bodine and Kyle Petty directly behind him, Rob Barroso and Alan Kowicki. About five car lengths now separating second place. Dale Earnhardt from the fourth place battle. Make that the third place battle. Still, Kyle Petty and Mark Martin side by side as they go to three. Last time around, Earnhardt was noticeably uncomfortable going into three. Perhaps the handling not what he expected in the early going. Allison able to pull out just a little bit of breathing room between himself and Earnhardt. Meanwhile, the battle for third is Petty and Mark Martin as they are side by side. They enter the tri-oval at 190 miles an hour. I think we're getting an indication in the early laps here what we're going to see all day. Nobody has been able to break away. Sometimes a draft, even in a couple of laps, will spread out. Not so this afternoon. At least 38 of those cars are still bunched together, and they're going off into turn one, three wide from about 10th position on back. That's where Derek Cope is working on the Bobby Hillen Jr. car. Cope takes the lowest groove possible coming into the corner. He's moved up about 12 spots already. Battles even further here as he comes off turn two. He's right behind Morgan Shepard. Cope now riding in between the Jimmy Horton car and Morgan Shepard. Now Kyle Petty looks to the inside, trying to get away around Mark Martin as the field enters turn three. That's the battle for third. This is definitely close formation flying as Allison has about a car length lead over her but that battle for third, no one is willing to give an inch. Martin riding the high outside. Kyle Petty handling down low. Still these fans on their feet waving their hats and hands. They're into the trioval. We told you earlier, Derek Cope was so very quick in practice yesterday. He started 21st. He's now running in 12th spot. It's Allison who leads. Second is Earnhardt. Third is Mark Martin. He's challenged to the inside by Kyle Petty. It still looks like a high speed pace lap. Two by two by two. Martin finally breaks away from Kyle Petty and filling that slot is Rob Moroso the rookie. He works now to the outside of Kyle Petty in a battle for the fourth spot. Up front, though, it's Earnhardt on the move. Earnhardt gets some drafting help from Mark Martin, drops down to the inside of Davey Allison. Here they come to the 
end of the back straightaway. Make Earnhardt the leader into turn three. All right, perhaps the tires warming up now on the Earnhardt Chevrolet. Earnhardt diving low, assuming the lead. Allison just behind. Kyle Petty moving down low to the inside, takes over the third spot, and it looks like Earnhardt, Martin, and Petty in third. Never seen this many cars this equal in the early going at Talladega. Not much single file racing as they work through the dog leg and back to the line. The front four are single file, but from there back, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, well, all the way to the tail end of the field. It is door to door. The racing is going on now as Alan Kowicki is at the bottom of the racetrack in turn one. Rob Barroso is on the outside of Kowicki. They're racing side by side for the fifth spot. Directly behind them, Bill Elliott. And Elliott has an idea of going down underneath Kowicki. Forgets that idea as Kowicki goes down on the inside of the track. Double wide. The battle for fifth and sixth off turn two. Kowicki not able to get by, though, with some drafting help. A couple of spots farther back. Here comes Morgan Shepard and Derek Cope down to the inside to try and draft by Bill Elliott. Down into turn three. It is Cope down low. But look, let's look over the top. It is Earnhardt and Martin. Martin starting to challenge now from the second spot. Martin being aggressive early from the fourth qualifying spot now holds down second and he is right on the rear bumper of Dale Earnhardt as they go into the trioval. Meanwhile, Jeff Bodine, who started 13th, is back in 27th, now 28th position. So he never did come up to speed and when he finally got up to full song, he continues to backpedal through the field. He's running along with Mickey Gibbs and Stanley Smith. The lead four now try to pull away in turn one. It's Earnhardt and Mark Martin, your front two. Third is Kyle Petty. Fourth is Davey Allison. Then Morgan Shepard all of a sudden is in the scene. He's racing for the fifth spot alongside Rob Moroso. Shepard picks up drafting help from Derek Cope now, who's in a hurry to get to the front. Shepard on the inside lane with Cope on the outside. It's Rob Moroso, Alan Kowicki, and Michael Waltrip as they head for the corner. Top four cars starting a breakaway. It is Earnhardt, Martin, Petty, and Allison. And of course, Cope does not want to let that group get too far too early in the going. Earnhardt and Martin taking a nice even line through the middle of the corner. Those top four cars now are better than 190 miles an hour down the stretch. The only advantage any car is going to have today is if you can run single file, and that's exactly what the front four are doing, and they're beginning to open up about a second and a half back to the rest of the field. If the guys back there in that other pack of traffic wanted to run single file, it's awfully hard to do because they're so tightly bunched, there's no way to tuck in and get in a single file formation. We've completed six laps of the Die Hard 500. We'll be back. We are at Talladega Super Speedway in Central Alabama, MRN Radio, with live coverage of the Die Hard 500. The Winston Cup fans on their feet here as they watch Dale Earnhardt try and lead a five-car pullaway for the moment. Ahead of Mark Martin, Kyle Petty, Davey Allison, and Kowicki, Michael Waltrip has really cut up through the field. He's now running a strong sixth place, but in the garage area, the afternoon is over for Terry Labonte. Let's get his thoughts. One of the early retirees this afternoon. Terry, what happened? Well, I don't really know. It uh, started season up down through the trial and it let go getting in one. It, uh, it's got an oil leak out of the oil pan, I guess, and it's got water coming out of the tailpipe, so it doesn't look too good. So that's the story from the defending winner of this Talladega Die Hard 500. The Skull Oldsmobile out this afternoon. Jeff Bodine had started 13th. He has now slid back 13 more positions. Currently, he is running 26, and there seems to be a problem on that car. Let's see if we can find out what it is as we go to pit road. Well, we're in the Budweiser pit with Tim Brewer. Tim, you started 13th, and you dropped 13 positions. Yeah, we're doing real well, ain't we? I think he just got hung out back there somewhere. You know, he's, he's just trying to run with a group of cars, and, you know, that's not a fast car. The best combination we've had all week, we ran uh, 4930 with Rusty Wallace, and, you know, that's who I'd like to be with right now because that's where the car runs the best. That's Tim Brewer, the crew chief for Jeff Bodine. But it's going to be a long, long day, so they've got plenty of time to whatever problem on the car is, they have plenty of time to get it cured. Single file now racing we're seeing back among about the top 15 over in turn three. 
Turn three, it is Earnhardt at the point. Mark Martin just behind. And now Kyle Petty being challenged for third spot. That is Davey Allison moving to the low-hand side. Davey Allison on a very tight low line. His car has to be handling exceptionally well to pull off that pass because Kenny Schrader said no passing would happen in four. But Davey Allison is drawn up alongside Kyle Petty into the tri-oval. Davey trying to watch the inside as Kyle draws alongside him to the outside. Davey may get caught at a blind, just as happened to Bill Elliott on the last lap where Elliott lost seven positions. Back in turn one, Allison still can't get back in line. That's because Alan Kulwicki is pulled up to the outside of Davey Allison, plugs the hole, so Allison trapped down on the inside of the racetrack, but he may get some drafting help. Here's Rob Moroso pulling up on his rear deck. Meanwhile, the outside line starts to go by as they come down the back straightaway. Moroso not quite close enough to help. Kulwicki goes by, Marlin goes by, and Michael Waltrip goes by. A graphic example of what the drivers were talking about earlier. If you step out of line, you're going to pay the price, and that's just what happened to Davey Allison. The low line into turn four was too tempting, and now he's way back in about seventh or eighth position next to Derek Hope as the field enters the tri-oval. You can sit here in the tower and watch these cars come through the dogleg and tell this 30-degree spoiler rule has really put stability in the machine. It's been a long time since I've seen the cars stick as solid to this racetrack through here as they are today. The drivers are taking advantage of that by getting three and four wide going off into the corners. They head back to turn two. Front six cars all single file for the seventh spot. That's where Davey Allison sits alongside the Derek Cope car. They're racing side by side, as are the two machines directly behind them, Rob Moroso and Ernie Irvin off turn two. That'll be a group of seven cars now, all racing for about the sixth position on back now. Derek Cope will get the advantage on the outside with help from Ernie Irvin. Davey Allison continues to slide back. It was a four-car train. Now it is about a ten-car train. First through tenth, and they are all nose to tail. Earnhardt at the point, now being pressured by Mark Martin. Kyle Petty holds down the third spot, and in fourth is Alan Kowicki. Rest of the field in single file. Fifth place now is Sterling Marlin. Sixth, Michael Waltrip. Seventh is Derek Cope. Ernie Irvin is eighth. Ken Schrader ninth, and Bobby Hill in tenth. Davey Allison is eleventh. Rob Moroso twelfth. Dale Jarrett thirteenth. Fourteenth is Morgan Shepard. Fifteenth is Harry Gant. We told you that Bill Elliott got out of the line. He drops all the way back to 20th spot before he can get back in now with the leaders in turn two. Derek Cope down on the inside of the racetrack, challenging for the eighth spot against the Ernie Irvin car. Irvin on the outside line off the corner. Cope is still there with him. And Cope has no drafting help down to the inside. That's going to be a tough job as Irvin goes by. Now Ken Schrader goes by. Cope is hung out to dry in turn three. As we said before, Ernie Irvin, this is his first race with a Chevrolet, and he uh, seems to be doing very well indeed. He takes a very high line through turns three and four, and now he's giving chase to Michael Waltrip. And Jeff Bodine begins to move toward the front of the pack again. He is in the vicinity now of the Rusty Wallace car. That You heard Tim Brewer say that's where he wish he could get up there and draft along with Rusty. Maybe we'll see him coming on around to the front. Earnhardt leads him back across the line as Mark Stahl slows going off into turn number one and heads for Joe Moore. Also a bit of problem there for Alan Kowicki. He was trying to make a pass for the sixth spot that, back there against the Michael Waltrip car. The Mark Stahl car at the inside forced Kowicki to get back into single file. Here's Derek Cope again trying to make a pass. Making it three wide off the corner underneath Alan Kulwicki and Bobby Hillen. This will be a three wide race for the eighth position for just a minute. Kulwicki's going to tuck back in line behind Hillen, but Cope will pick up a draft from Davey Allison and go after that spot in turn three. Derek Cope's car is handling very well. He's tried just about every line all the way around this racetrack, but again, the draft is very tough here. Once he steps out of line, just cannot get the horsepower to pull off the pass. Your leader is still Dale Earnhardt into the tri-oval. We are 15 laps complete of 188 here this afternoon. Davey Allison again further back trying to get in line he'll lose some more positions as Earnhardt leads Mark Martin, Kyle Petty and Sterling Marlin the top four alongside Barney Hall I'm Eli Gold the entire MRN crew with you live from Talladega Super Speedway as the Winston Cup Tour attacks this 2.66 mile 
racetrack. And say what they will, Barney, restrictor plate racing has been awfully popular. Uh, drivers may not like it necessarily, but from the folks who have packed the grandstands here today, it's hard not to get excited about what we're seeing. Well, I'll tell you what. We saw it in Daytona, uh, the last two races down there, how close they've run, and they're doing the same thing here this afternoon. Single file racing just about a foot between the first eight or nine spots as they work back to turn number one. And Mark Martin said yesterday that he feels like with the spoiler rule and everything else going on, it's going to be good racing. And he also said he does he, he would be surprised if they could possibly run this race without a caution. Well, it's not going to slow the race pace down any. What it's going to do is take a car, uh, let's say, that has less power that runs five degrees less spoiler and is wilder and braver and takes more chances, he can come up there and run with you. Uh, with our car, let's say, or run in front of us. Get up in front of us, handle bad, slow down in the corner, squirt down the straightaway, and slow us down. Those guys aren't going to be there now because they're going to have to have as much spoiler as we have, and they'll probably never place themselves up there like that. And if they do and they have less power, they won't be able to stay there. So I think it's going to make a better race out of it. It has so far because they are nose to tail all the way back through about the top 20 positions as they work around this racetrack with Dale Earnhardt continuing to pull that 194-mile-an-hour draft. 18 laps complete. We'll be back. At Talladega Super Speedway, Dale Earnhardt leads. Sterling Marlin is second. Mike Martin is third. Fourth is Ernie Irvin, and fifth is Ken Schrader. Only one of those drivers ever having, ever, uh, having, I should say, ever visited Victory Lane here at the Talladega Super Speedway. Just thinking of the options here is mind-boggling because all the way back through the top ten, you've got just a couple of drivers who have visited Victory Lane here. Bobby Hillen is one of those. He has now moved up into sixth position around Michael Waltrip, who started way back in 32nd spot and has moved all the way back up now to the top handful of cars. So we're seeing some awfully bold moves. Conversely, Davey Allison, having finally got back in line, he now runs back in 8th position. Dick Brooks is down in that pit area. Well, Davey's been, uh, Davey Allison's kind of slipping back. He started right on the front row and he's uh, slipped back a few spots. Jake Elder's sitting here timing him a little bit. Got some pretty good times on him. Jake, what happened to him? Wouldn't nobody go with him. Got shuffled back. Now he's trying to work his way back up front. Uh, I think we'll be all right. You see the car's okay? Yeah. A little loose as when he runs on the bottom. He wants to run a little high right now. And uh, he can't work his position up through there right now. But he'll be all right. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a lot of optimism. And it's very true here. If you... And the cars are running on the bottom, matter way. If the car is a little bit loose, it's hard to pass. When you drive down on the bottom, you have to lift just a little bit just to keep the thing from slipping up into the next car. So that's a bad spot. Davey Allison again is out of line, but there's a couple of cars right behind him drafting along. And it could be a problem, too, sometimes. They're getting in right in behind another car. Drafting, it makes the car unstable. And I would almost speculate that Davey might have that problem because he doesn't seem to want to tuck in that tight on the car in front of him. Very close racing with Davey Allison's group right now as they work to turn three. Derek Cope is the guy tucked in behind Allison. They're trying to go around the Kyle Petty car. Kyle's drafting help has abandoned him to the inside. It has been observed that Kyle Petty is definitely loose, not only through turns one and two, but in three and four. So Kyle Petty has his hands full into the corners. Derek Cope dives down low and takes over the ninth position from Kyle Petty. So Kyle's got some handling problems in the early going. As expected, Dave Marcus has brought his machine to pit road. A driver change being affected. Jim Sauter takes over, replacing Dave Marcus. Let's get an update from that pit. You know, we are with the 1976 winner of this event. And Dave, you ran a little bit longer than last week at Pocono. Was that the game plan? Well, I have Dr. Terry Trammell's permission to run the whole event, but I don't really want to do that. Uh, 
There was some pretty extensive surgery on my leg, and if I was to get involved in an accident and couldn't avoid it or something, then I'd mess it up. So uh, we went. We thought maybe if we would catch a caution, okay. Uh, I was feeling fine. NASCAR asked that being that the lead pack was coming around, we were going to get lapped if we would come in ahead of time and get out of the car, so I honored that request. Dave, you must have practiced getting out of the car. The crew had you out in a little over four seconds. Well, I can get out pretty much in and out on my own, and of course we got one fellow that works for us that's pretty good size, and I get about halfway out, and he gets a hold of me, and out I come, so really making the driver change isn't too bad at all. From the time the Big Apple Marcus Chevrolet came in, Dave Marcus got out, Jim Sauter got back in. It was 34.15 seconds, a very good driver change stop for Dave Marcus crew. Right now, there are 15 cars up in that lead draft thus far. Dale Earnhardt has led every lap since they put him under green early this afternoon. 25 laps are complete, but he's got plenty of company as they work to turn three. And the running single file now with Sterling Marlin taking a look to the inside in turn three. Sterling Marlin has literally come up from nowhere, and he's brought Ernie Irvin with him, and now both of them are attacking Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt really the only survivor in the early going of that early pack. He has managed to hold down the top spot and still does at the exit of four. Marlin is second. Ernie Irvin pushing hard in third. Ernie Irvin driving. A trouble in turn four, trouble in turn four. I cannot get a number on the card. The blue and yellow car, he has lost it at turn four. Dick Trickle is spinning down. He is up against the wall. We'll try to get a number on that car on the infield. He's out of the infield now and slowly going down to the exit of turn four. It is Phil Parsons. The Phil Parsons automobile lost it at the exit of turn four. Dick Trickle tried some evasive action, spun the car, got into the wall, and now the both of them are looking at each other. Neither one made contact with the other, and both cars are running. It has put under caution for the first time this afternoon. It'll come out on lap number 26. Again, the two cars involved will be Dick Trickle and Phil Parsons. Uh, that's a brand new team for Phil Parsons here this weekend. Let's go back for a report up to turn four. It was Phil Parsons who was running in a about a four or five car pack. Not really all that close. He was basically by himself and then the car just broke loose to his right. He just spun out of the exit of turn four. Dick Trickle was about three car lengths behind. He hit the brakes, slid behind Parsons, tagged the wall just a bit. And I'd say that Dick Trickle's in much better shape than Phil. Phil's got some serious front-end damage on that car. You can see the right front of the car has quite a bit of sheet metal damage as he has already brought the car into the pits and we are far enough into the diehard 500. 26 laps are complete. Likely we'll see everybody coming onto pit road to check the tires and make some adjustments on the car as they come around this racetrack. Parsons is up there. Let's see if we can get a report of what they're doing to his car. Well, they're trying to uh, get the car to where they can straighten it up and uh, get it jacked up. They're uh, trying to determine what the problem is. The right front's got uh, the tires blown and the fender's caved in. Uh, we'll find out a little bit later what happened. They will go around this racetrack one more time before pit road will allow them in there to make these stops for the feet cars that have just taken the caution flag. Welcome back to Talladega, Alabama. The Talladega Super Speedway jam-packed today for the running of the Die Hard 500 of the Winston Cup Series of NASCAR. We are working the first caution flag of the afternoon as Phil Parsons and Dick Trickle got together in turn number four. It is certainly not a humorous situation for Dick Trickle, but it's amazing watching him trying to wrestle his Trop Arctic machine back to the pit area. He basically can't turn the car, so he's having to kind of point it a little bit, then back up and change the angle because he's lost a couple of tires, and he is now just about making his way towards the pit stall to the attention of Doug Williams and the crew. Let's go down to pit road. 
Well, here comes Dick Trickle, and the front end of his machine is uh, almost off. The front grill section has all the tires flat on the machine. As a matter of fact, one of those blue going across the start-finish line. Also, water is gushing out of the overflow, so it's overheating. Pat Broyles and the crew go to the right side to first change the tires and get the car up, and then they'll be able to do some work on the sheet metal. So Dick Trickle has a lot of problems on pit roll right now. Everybody else uh, get, came into the pits except a, a moment ago, Butch Miller and Jimmy Means were the only two cars to stay out there. Butch Miller led a lap of this race. Uh, Jimmy Means was a lap down, so now Butch Miller will come in and make his stop. Roger Detter has joined us here in the booth. He is the national marketing manager for Sears Automotive and was the honorary starter for today's Die Hard 500. This has been a heck of an association, uh, the Die Hard label and this particular race and NASCAR racing in general. Uh, yes, Eli. Sears started in 1977 with a close tie with NASCAR and providing products and services to drivers, whether they use Die Hard or not, and service is one of the key things that, that we've done. And just recently, we have announced that uh, we are now with the Die Hard, the official battery of NASCAR, and that's a relationship that we think is, is perfect with the uh, clientele and the market that NASCAR really attracts. Those are our customers, and we look for that relationship to build in the future. I'm sure, since you're involved in marketing, I need to tell you, but the, the loyalty of the race fans to the companies that are involved in racing is uh, is something that is unrivaled in any other sport that I know of. Oh, it's been amazing as I've become more and more involved with the NASCAR circuit and the loyalty of the fans, and that's why we, f- we feel that going with the official battery of NASCAR and even more tie-ins in the future will not only be beneficial to Sears in general, but specifically the automotive businesses here. What was it like standing up there on the flag stand, uh, unleashing the power on these 42 race cars? Well, it's an incredible experience. Uh, something Thing that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and to uh, feel the impact uh, when they really come around at speed on the second lap uh, the the power behind those machines and the athletes it really gives you a full appreciation for what they accomplish really does roger great to see you and uh, thanks certainly for your involvement uh, with sears and yourself personally it's good to see you again thank you very much thank you roger detter joining us national marketing manager for sears automotive they are still working on both those cars that put us under caution here a moment ago for dick trickle and phil parsons machines they're both sitting on pit road being attended to and whether either one of them will be able to continue we'll find out here in just a moment mark martin was one of the first cars to come out of the pits on this round of pit stops but i think he made a second stop let's check with one of our pit reporters and see if he did because he's all the way back toward the tail end of the field now well apparently we'll have to wait and check on that but certainly he did make another stop or something happened because he came out first off pit road but has dropped all the way back to about very close to the tail end of the field he's had a good solid run here today mark martin is an unusual race driver he's not an Earnhardt or a rusty wallace to get in there and charge and beat and bang he will if it's necessary but he really saves his equipment and he's always around at the finish and he says that's exactly the kind of reputation i want and i'll win more races that way and that's how it worked for him on the short tracks of these united states when he was running consistently in the american speed Association. 36 cars are on the lead lap. The race leader is Bobby Hillen. He knows what this spot is like. He is a former winner here at the Talladega Super Speedway. Green flag is out from Doyle Ford, and they are going to use every inch of real estate here through the trial valley to try and get going. Harry Gant will get caught out of line in a hurry as the leaders head back to turn number one. Bobby Hillen showing the way. Michael Walter now pulls up alongside Bobby Hillen in a challenge for
for the lead, and Waltrip has the edge coming into the corner. Directly behind him is the Alan Kulwicki car. Then comes the Dale Jarrett machine, followed by Ricky Rudd, the Ernie Irvin car, and Brett Modine. They all form that outside line, bypassing Bobby Hillen. Down to the inside, Dale Earnhardt's going to go three wide to try and get his way back to the front. He's by the lap car of Dave Marcus. He's by Hillen's car, but now he's all by himself on the inside lane. Michael Waltrip at the point, just behind is Alan Kulwicki, and third is Dale Jarrett. On the high side is Ricky Rudd, and he'll take Ernie Irvin with him. Look at Dale Earnhardt drive the low line through turns three and four, makes up about two or three spots through those turns, and he's challenging for the third spot as they fly into the trioval. And they may get three wide before they get down to the start-finish line. They will. Earnhardt just slices in between that pack of traffic, works his way up to third position. They are three wide back there for that third spot. Earnhardt at the bottom of the racetrack. Alan Kulwicki is the car in the middle, and Ricky Rudd is on the high side. They're in one. Earnhardt goes by three of them between the start-finish line and the beginning of turn number one. He gets around Kulwicki, Ernie Irvin, and Ricky Rudd. Now, working on the outside of Michael Waltrip off turn number two. Waltrip holds the line for now, but here comes Earnhardt on the outside. Everyone lines up on the outside behind Earnhardt. Waltrip is hung out to dry on the bottom, trying to pick up a draft with Davey Allison. Now, Michael Waltrip's hand waves inside the car. Michael Waltrip is off the pace. Amazing. Michael Waltrip way off the pace, slowing down, perhaps making some hand signals for other cars to pass him. Meanwhile, at the point, it is Dale Earnhardt on the fly, and he is really moving. Ricky Rudd just behind. A little bit of smoke coming off the Earnhardt automobile. Could have been tire smoke into the trioval. And what a heartbreak for Michael Waltrip, who earlier this year led two laps here at Talladega, led a lap earlier this year at Pocono, Pennsylvania, and here he was leading the race in Talladega, but he's on pit road with the attention of Billy Ingle and the crew. Let's go there. And they're going to the right side for fresh tires. I think he got a flat. He's going to go take a look at it and take the tires off and change them. In fact, they're going to change four tires on the car. I guess he probably couldn't tell which one it was. So he will be down and away, but it's going to cost him. He's going to go to the tail end of the field. As you heard the drivers tell us every week, track position is everything. No let-up in the competition at the front of the field. They're back in three. Dale Earnhardt dives into three right behind his Ricky Rudd. Now, last time through, a little bit of smoke off the Earnhardt automobile. Could have been he's pushing a little too hard right here at the inception of the green flag. This time around, through turns four again. Just a whisk off the Earnhardt automobile. Rudd in second. Irvin third. Dale Jarrett in fourth. Here comes the field back through the trioval area as they take Dick Trickle's car towards the garage area. Michael Waltrip is back on the speedway. He, however, will likely go down a lap here as Earnhardt bears down on Michael Waltrip at turn number one. Meanwhile, let's go to the pits for an update. Well, Eli, what's got to be a heartbreaker is Michael Waltrip started in the 32nd spot. He got all the way up to about fourth or fifth on his own power before the caution flag. Then he was leading the race. Now he had to come in. Uh, Bill Engle standing here. What, Bill, what happened? Uh, Michael says he went down the back stretch. He thought he equalized as a tire. Well, that's, uh, that's a heartbreaker. What they mean by that, by the way, for the people that don't understand, there's an outer tire uh, that is the real tire that you run on. That's a tire like you would see on your car. And on these super speedways, they're almost everywhere anymore, there's a tire inside of that tire. The tire runs 20 pounds more pressure than the outside tire does and is relatively safe at speeds at 150, 160 miles an hour for a short period of time. When that tire slips inside, it runs just a few thousandths of an inch from the outer tire. And when it slips inside, you can imagine all that weight going to one side, and sometimes it'll shake a fender off of it. He thinks that's what happened on a brand-new set of tires they just put on. So that's a heartbreaker. Michael Waltrip has gone a lap down as the front of the field has already passed him by. Dale Earnhardt continues to pull him around here as he works back into turn three. 
you really wonder how strong Dale Earnhardt is. I mean, he wasted no time getting back to the top spot. And now that he's there, he's really not pulling away. Rudd, right in the second spot. In third, Ernie Irvin. Fourth is Dale Jarrett. Four-car breakaway right there. You have a slower car in Michael Waltrip. And right behind him, Kyle Petty as the field goes into single file. Unscheduled pit stop for Brett Bodine. The Quaker State Buick was in to the attention of crew chief Larry McReynolds, who is a native of the state of Alabama. Let's get an update. Brett Bodine had a tire equalized as well. 19.81 seconds for the Quaker State crew putting on four tires. Also like to clarify that when the Snickers crew of Bobby Hillen came in under that caution flag, Richard Barron, Timmy Petty, and the crew did change two tires and get him back out in the front of the pack. So an equalized tire for the Brett Bodine team. 36 laps are complete in the Die Hard 500. Dale Earnhardt leads. We are 39 laps into the Talladega Super Speedways hosting of the Die Hard 500. 188 laps makes up the total distance here this afternoon. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead. Ricky Rudd, who has now worked his way up to the front of the field, is running solidly in the second spot right in the tired tracks of Earnhardt. They're taking identical lines to the corners. Dale Jarrett had been running in the third spot and holds that position now with a three-wide scramble for fourth behind him. Three cars coming across the trioval through the start-finish line, battling for fourth. And we've seen that all day long. Derek Cope goes all the way down to the bottom of the racetrack, and they're going in the corner three deep. Ken Schrader leads that pack of cars. He's back in the fourth spot. Ernie Irvin's on the outside of him. Then Derek Cope battles down below the lapped car of Michael Waltrip. Directly behind them, Greg Sachs pours on the steam, trying to get a line underneath Kyle Petty. Now Schrader will force his way in behind fourth-place Irvin, and in front of now sixth-place Derek Cope. So Schrader pulls up in line. Now it's Derek Cope trying to dispose of the lap car of Michael Waltrip. Derek Cope diving low as he has done all afternoon so far. He's side-by-side side with Michael Waltrip. That is very tough indeed to be too wide into these corners. At the point, it is still Earnhardt and Rudd and just of a mini two-car breakaway holding down the third spot now is Dale Jarrett. It should be pointed out, though, for those who may never have visited this track and Daytona, Talladega Super Speedway, although it looks basically like Daytona, it is a good bit wider. So handling, although it's important here, is not quite the premium that Daytona is. And when you hear us talking about going three wide, that's something you can do with some degree of comfort here at Talladega, whereas you'd really be pushing it just a bit in Daytona. They're still working on Dick Trickle's car behind the pit wall. Let's get an update from Jim Phillips. Dick, a lot of work going on in this Pontiac. What happened out there? Well, uh, car, I couldn't see which car it was because there was some smoke, but got uh, lost it in front of me. And uh, I, he looked like his car was going up through the smoke, so I went down, and in doing so, I lost the back end just a little bit trying to miss him and drove me down into the grass. And once I got in the, in the grass, I lost control and just kind of went out and uh, tagged the wall. And, you know, it's just a bad deal when you, you know, get running back there where, where the guys are going to collect you up. You know, you're just asking for trouble. And we were, we were back too far. Anybody was going to spin, we were going to have to avoid them, and we just didn't do it. You think you can get back in? Well, I think we'll go out there and try to log some laps and uh, uh, run for some points. That's Dick Trickle. They're going to try to get back in, but they got a lot of work to do. Earnhardt is setting a pace around here of about 50.14 seconds, and that'll translate to just a little over 191.5 miles an hour, and that has been pretty much race speed, except in some of those single-car drafts in the early going, they were running a little bit quicker. The battle right now is for fourth place coming out of turn four. It is Dale Jarrett, who didn't really step out of line. It's just that the line changed. Everybody went lower, Dale went high, and he's paying the price. Earnhardt, Rudd, Irvin, and Schrader go into the tri-over. 
Here comes Michael Waltrip again, although he is running a lap down to the race leaders after making that stop for the equalized tire. Waltrip is now one of the quickest cars on the racetrack again. He tries to get up towards Dale Earnhardt and maybe be in a position to get back the one lap he's down. The leaders are in front of Joe Moore. Front four cars, all single file. The battle back for fifth. That's where Derek Cope races alongside Dale Jarrett. One of them will get some drafting help from Michael Waltrip. Waltrip will go behind Derek Cope and Jarrett will be all by himself, but he's holding strong on the outside. They'll go nose to nose as they head into three. There's no question outside of Earnhardt, Derek Cope has been the hardest working driver in this race. He's been all over in the front, in the middle, in the back. His car is handling everywhere, but still he can't crack the top four. Derek Cope on the low side, just outside. Now is Dale Jarrett. They are side by side into the trial. When you get single file here as the front four are right now, you run just a little bit quicker than the guys running door to door, but this is the first time we've been to Talladega or Daytona where the spoiler rule has really equalized the field. Before, if you saw that happen, the cars running behind door to door would lose a great deal of time. Here, they've made about seven or eight laps the last time around this racetrack running side by side, and the interval is probably less than half a second. Change for third place right now as Kenny Schrader works his way just a little bit closer to the front of the field. 44 laps are now complete in the diehard 500. Baylor Earnhardt has the lead, but for how long? He holds the car on the low side of the racetrack, coming off the corner. Kenny Schrader is right behind him, hounding away, but there'll be no chance for a pass to the trioval this time. And now that those two have linked up, seems like two cars run a little quicker than three and four linked up single file. They've opened a little more daylight now as they work back into turn number one, still hanging on to third place is Sterling Marlin. He's had a good run here this afternoon. Competition now will link in single file going through that corner. For a moment here, you'll see cars door to door all the way back to the field. Then the next lap around, they'll tuck in single file and tighten up a little bit on the front two. Everybody thought that Earnhardt, if he got it hooked up and found a car he could draft with, might be able to pull away a straightaway length or so, but certainly not lap the field, and that has been very true here this afternoon. The competition, just as close. This looks like the old days at Talladega when we used to be here and watch the 18 and 20 car drafts stay right there together all day long. 47 laps are complete in the diehard 500. Only three cars have gone behind the pit wall. Terry Labonte is out with a blown engine. Phil Parsons out due to an accident, and Dick Trickle's car is still being attended to back there as they try to get him back into the race. Talking about the 30-degree spoiler angle, we should also point out that for Dale Earnhardt, this is really nothing new, because normally he will run 38 to 40 degrees of rear spoiler angle. So what's being mandated here today is not the biggest of stories. They scramble in front of Joel Moore in turn two. Sterling Marlin makes a nice move down to the inside of Kenny Schrader. He picks up his second spot. Marlin will now tuck right in on Dale Earnhardt's back bumper as they sort out single file down the back straightaway. Challenge for the seventh position now. We'll put Dale Jarrett down to the inside of Ernie Irvin. Everyone has been chasing Dale Earnhardt. No one has been able to get in front of him. Now it's Sterling Marlin's turn. Going through turns three and four. They take the low line. Earnhardt at the point. The crowd on their feet. Cheering Sterling Marlin on as they go into single file into the tryover. Marlin is right behind. Marlin is right there and that's exactly where he's going to stay for the time being. They were single file all the way back through about the top 21 cars just a moment ago. Derek Cope is the only car out of line back there in fifth position as they head back off into turn number one. So for the first time today, the race stabilizes here for just a moment. Here at Talladega Super Speedway, 53 laps on the board. Dale Earnhardt still holding off the challenge of Sterling Marlin, who runs in second. Schrader third. Ricky Rudd tightly in fourth. Ahead of fifth place, Ernie Irvin, who just now goes past sixth place, Derek Cope. Meanwhile, two stories developing on pit road. Dale Jarrett is there, but there's caution on the speedway. Caution is on the speedway here at Talladega with Dale Jarrett on pit road and Buddy Baker in the garage area. There is debris on the racetrack bringing about this caution on lap number 53. Let's update you on Buddy Baker's problems from the garage. Winston Kelly.
Kelly. Buddy Baker going all the way up to sixth position after starting in 36. Buddy, the car was really running. Well, it was a beautiful the car through the corner was the fastest car here. I just hate it happened. Though. It was such a good car. And hate it for Plasticoat and Junie Don Levy. You know, without them, it wouldn't be possible. The car just run good enough. I can take the lead. It was that good. I can drive over them. Among his many victories, the 1975 Die Hard 500 and three Winston 500s, but Buddy Baker out of it in the plastic coat Ford. Now let's go up pit road to Jim Phillips. Well, Dale Jarrett has the sit-go forward on pit road, and the hood is up, and Dale thinks it's either a camshaft broken on the automobile or the timing chain. And the Wood Brothers are all underneath the hood working on it, trying to get his car back in because he was having a super run here this afternoon. We're under the second caution of the day. It comes out on lap number 53, some debris on the racetrack. The pits will be a busy place in the moment. We'll cover those stops when we come back. Here at Talladega Super Speedway, under caution, only A.J. Foyt and Jimmy Means are on the racetrack. Everybody else is on pit road. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Dale Earnhardt, of course, was the leader of the race, and he was the first one in. He's done him got four tires on, and they're pushing him away. Rusty Wallace on the other side of me on the pits has uh, got the right side done. They're doing the left side now, getting ready to drop him down. Davey Allison was about the third car in. He's done, done it gone with four tires on a racetrack. No problem. Uh, they got the, uh, I can't see the numbers, the 68 car to 72 car, I think, uh, crashed as they came in. One of them they drove did. into the side of the car, and uh, there's a couple people down. I'll check with them just a minute. Jim Felt, down at his end. That's the Stanley Smith and Tracy Leslie machines. Stanley Smith and Leslie, a number of uh, crew members are being attended to. Davey Allison was just pulling out of his pit as Smith came in a bit hot. And as he spun the rear of the car, he went into car, or rather crew members, who were already servicing the Tracy Leslie machine. Leslie had been on pit road apparently for a number of seconds. His car was already being serviced. Stanley Smith in his very first Winston Cup race came in a bit hot, and the rear end of his car came around. Uh, a number of members from other crews are on hand to assist, but it's the medical team here at Talladega that is taking charge of the situation. Eli? Go ahead, Dick. There is three crew members members here and I don't I'm, I'm not going to say the name so I can recognize a couple of faces but there's not anybody really oh there's four actually there's nobody that's overly seriously injured at this particular time the boys are laying on the ground and uh, and they're being uh, taken care of by the by the medical crews here like I say there's four of them down all four of them looking at me uh, they, they're going to be sore, but uh, there doesn't seem to be any really, really serious injuries here. Well, let's certainly hope not. Let's go down right now to Jim Phillips. Well, this end of pit road, Barney. Ricky Rudd came in and got two tires this time instead of four. Bill Elliott took on four along with Jeff Bodine, Harry Gant, Jimmy Horton, and Bobby Hill. this time, he took on tires, took on two tires. The race off pit road was won by Sterling Marlin coming out right behind him, the Michael Waltrip car. So he's going to be in a position up there to get maybe back on the lead lap. Kenny Schrader should be running second right now. Mark Martin would be third. Fourth would be Ricky Rudd. And rounding out the top five is Alan Kowicki after this round of pit stops. It's been a busy day here at Talladega. As we told you earlier this afternoon, we've had uh, about two or three caution flags in the early going, but the racing has just been fantastic. A lot of drivers had speculated earlier in the week. You hear all kinds of things. 
when they make different changes in the rules about the spoiler and the restrictor plate that you can't do this and you can't do that. But restrictor plate racing is not that bad. I think what's so irritating to the drivers is the fact that once in a while they'll find a good combination of the car without the restrictor plates where they can pull out and pass four and five right. cars at a time. This way, it really makes you work for it, and that's kind of an irritation, I guess. It is in some regard, but from the standpoint of the racing fans who pay their way into the speedways, you've got uh, the element of close, tight quarters racing, and uh, that's what we're seeing here today. We are under caution for the second time this afternoon, and now the pit road has been closed by NASCAR. They're waving the red flag so as to uh, bring some more medical attention to the crew members who were injured in that accident. Dick Brooks, you've run here. A lot of folks don't realize how tough it is to be running 195 miles an hour and come to a stop in your appointed pit stall. The fellows usually make it happen so routinely that we think it's routine, but uh, it obviously anything but. Well, Eli, you're right about that. It is anything but uh, routine, especially for a fellow that uh, has probably never ran this fast before, as Smith did it, not not blaming him for it or whatever. But if you just picture yourself, if we've got a little time to, to, to describe this, you're, you're driving for an hour on an interstate at uh, most people, 65 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour, and uh, all of a sudden somebody says, hey, i got to go to the bathroom, let's turn off. And you turn off, and if it's a good high-speed uh, ramp, going off, you're in pretty good shape. But if it's one of those that goes tight and turns back around someplace else, all of a sudden you're doing a whole lot faster than you're, uh, than you're able to come around the corner with. And, uh, and I think that's the same thing you can do here. You come off a racetrack at 190, 195 miles an hour, you come down pit row at, uh, you know, at, at, at 75 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour, it seems like you've stopped. I mean, you're just not going anywhere. So all of a sudden you, you, you keep pushing on the brakes, pushing on the brakes, and one of them locks up on you, the car gets a little bit sideways and you back off of that and you catch it again, but you're still trying to stop. So you slam the brakes on again and you lose it and that's exactly what happened here. One car was trying to pull out, another one had it blocked and one of them came in and got sideways and drove into it. It just happened to be that the crew members was out on the, uh, out on the pit road. Now there are four injuries here and uh, but there's uh, and they're putting them in the ambulances and stuff. Everybody was looking at me, and everybody was uh, talking one way or another, and uh, and so there doesn't seem to be anything overly serious. And there are four people down. We'll try to get more information on that as the afternoon goes by. Fifty-seven laps are complete. We are under caution. Let's see if we can get some further information on the accident on pit road. Let's go down to Winston Kelly. Morning, I'm with Stanley Smith, and let's establish that he was pitting towards the fourth turn side of pit road. He was the fifth car from the last pit stall, the one just prior to entering the garage area. Stanley's still sitting in the car. Stanley, what happened out there on pit road? Well, we changed two tires because, uh, you know, I, I need laps on this place, so we weren't going to try to do anything, but we changed two tires. We're going to try to get back out in the lead pack. And I went down right against the grass where they told us to go, and, you know, somebody come over and hit my front end, which knocked me out in the grass. And... Uh, and then I don't know whether somebody touched me in the back end or whether just the grass spun the car, but it just next thing I knew we were sideways and, and down pit road. But, you know, I, I know I hit a car down there, and I seen some guys standing at it when I was sliding toward it. I hope everybody, you know, I hope everybody's all right because, you know, this is the least thing, well, the last thing we needed. We can still hear the work going on on the car. You've talked to the crew. Do you feel like you can get it back in? 
they don't know yet. I'm holding the brake so they can get the spindle off the car and the, the brake rotor and stuff. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, like I said, the main thing is uh, we, whether we get back out there or not, it's not important. It's those guys that uh, that might have got hit. I hope you know. I hope nothing's all right. I hope they're all right. True sportsmanship from Stanley Smith. The damage primarily concentrated on the right side of the car. There's a gash where the passenger door is where you can see a hole where I can sit here and sit a, see a hole all the way through the car. Now let's go on up pit road to Jim Phillips. We're standing with Mike Powell who works on the Detroit Gasket Oldsmobile, Tracy Leslie. Mike, first of all, are you all right? Yes, sir. Okay. My, my arm hurts, but I'm sure it's fine compared to my other man. From your perspective, what happened? Obviously, I couldn't see. We were almost complete with the right side tire change only. I heard something hit, and then I was underneath the car, and I crawled out. This car was backwards, and then I looked around, and some of our other crewmen, four of them, are, are laying on the ground being attended to. Can you tell us who they are? Arthur Presnell, Robin Metapenigan, Joey Britt, and Eric Dunn. That's the crew members for the Detroit Gasket car, driven by Tracy Leslie. Right now on pit road, we have uh, service going to the Rick Wilson car. Jimmy Means has been uh, in for uh, service as well. Richard Petty is in, and they have the hood up on the STP Pontiac. So we are still under caution the second of the afternoon. I've got to tell you something, Marty. I've known Stanley Smith for a lot of years. He lives uh, in an immediate suburb of Birmingham, and he's a very responsible race driver. When we all looked up, uh, the car was already spinning sideways, and as he explained, uh, he believes he had some help in getting in that position, but nevertheless, Stanley Smith is uh, an outstanding race car driver and uh, works hard and has been a, a stalwart in the All-American Challenge Series of NASCAR, and one just hopes that uh, he'll get back out there and, and show what he can do because he does have a lot of racing talent. Well, he certainly does, and uh, it's very easy to get tapped on pit road, the way the pit stops, how quick they cut in and out and whatever, and I'm sure everybody here feels exactly like he does. Let's hope those four guys are all right. We'll get another report a little bit later this afternoon. Dale Jarrett apparently has gone behind the wall. Let's see if we can get a report there real quick. Still working on the Wood Brothers car. Winston Kelly. Dale Jarrett, another one of the drivers, as Buddy Baker was, who had gone all the way to the front of the pack. Dale, what happened to the car? Well, something let go in uh, the engine there. I tell you, the Sitco Ford was really running today. Uh, I really feel like we had a shot of winning the race. Earnhardt's awfully strong, but, you know, we'd gotten up to third there, and, uh, you know, it's just a matter of who you could get with and, and get some help. I wasn't getting much at the time, but I think the guys were starting to see that I could really go. Just a shame. These guys worked awfully hard all week long and uh, give a lot of credit to the Wood Brothers. You know, they're putting me in a good car today. Just a shame. We'll be back, though. Dale, we understand you've got some news for next year. Yeah, we sure do. It's kind of a bittersweet day. Uh, we signed the deal last night uh, for me to drive for the Wood Brothers in the Sitco Ford next year. So uh, at least I'll know uh, what's going to go on next year. All the rumors will be gone. And, uh, I'm set to drive uh, for these great people. After starting back in 22nd, he was in the top five most of the day. We'll look to see a lot from that Sitco Ford next year field heads over to turn two. Sterling Marlin leads the way. Kenny Schrader slides into the second spot. Directly behind him in third is Mark Martin. Then it's Alan Kowicki and Ricky Run on the outside line. Moving around the car of Michael Waltrip and Brett Bodine who could not get a lap back now. The front five cars all tucked together heading for turn three. Yesterday Kenny Schrader said I'm just going to stay in line, follow the draft and let the race come to me. So far in the early going that strategy is paying off. Sterling Marlin at the point. Just behind now is Mark Martin. Michael Waltrip in slower car and just outside they're all single 
single file down into the tri-oval. Sterling Marlin looking for that first ever Winston Cup win. Kenny Schrader, though, hounding away right behind him. Then you've got the Ford from Mark Martin in line. Dale Earnhardt is the middle car of a three-wide battle back at sixth spot as he continues to pick his way back to the front. Earnhardt's working to the inside of Ricky Rudd. He did have the lap car of Michael Waltrip down even further down on the racetrack underneath him, but now Waltrip drops back a little bit and leaves those two to battle for the sixth position. Earnhardt now getting around Ricky Rudd. He pulls up on Alan Kowicki. Down to the inside. Earnhardt looking for someone to run with him now. Earnhardt will slip in in front of Ricky Rudd. Now down to the inside is Rob Barroso falling back as the draft goes by him on the outside. Earnhardt takes the high line, trying to get on the outside of Kowicki. Decides better of it, now dives way low. Dale Earnhardt almost on the apron. It turns three and four. Anything to get by Kowicki, and he pulls off the pass going into the trioval. Earnhardt is fourth. It's breathtaking to watch Dale Earnhardt here this afternoon as he slices through traffic. Ricky Rudd is locked in on his bumper right now. Rudd says, if you're going to the front, I'd like to go with you. Sterling Marlin is still the leader. Earnhardt trying to pick off another spot and move up to third in turn one. Earnhardt has the fourth spot. He's now closing in on the Mark Martin card directly behind him. The battle for the fifth position, still a good one. The lapped car, Brett Bodine, now getting by Ricky Rudd. On the outside is Alan Kowicki. He will advance off turn two. A little farther ahead, the shuffle begins now among the leaders. Ken Schrader is caught to the outside as Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt draft by him on the inside. Now Martin looks to the outside of Marlin in three. Picking him off one at a time. That's Dale Earnhardt. He gets by Schrader for third. Now side by side is Martin and Marlin. Side by side, Martin and Marlin turns three and four. Earnhardt wants a piece of the action there. Three wide at the exit of four. Give the edge to Sterling Marlin. That is for just a moment, though, as the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet tries to make a move. He can't. So Earnhardt tucks in behind Sterling Marlin, but here as the trioval bends again at the start-finish line, Earnhardt is there. He'll try and draw to the inside and does make the move inside of Marlin back in one. Colors of the Goodwrench Chevrolet back again in front of the pack here. The battle for the second spot could be three wide shortly. Mark Martin and Sterling Marlin are there on the outside. The Kenny Schrader car. Now they sort it out of the back stretch. Not bad for Earnhardt. Fourth to first in the stretch of half a lap. Now down to the inside of the racetrack. Earnhardt moves. Martin will tuck along with him. Brett Bodine is going to pitch Sterling Marlin off to the outside. This has been an 18 to 20 car freight train all afternoon and Dale Earnhardt is once again the engineer. At the point about a car length ahead of Mark Martin. Brett Bodine down low. Sterling Marlin is fourth and now they start to stretch out a single file down the back stretch. I think Earnhardt established very early that he has the superior car here today. He's worked his way back to the front and for the moment I think everybody says well let's just ride along and see what happens as the laps wind down. Dale takes them back to turn number one. They get in single file among the first three positions. Let's go to the pits. Marty I walked through uh, Dale Earnhardt's pit there. Kurt, Kurt Sherbertine the uh, crew chief for the car said them holes has got to be wider than they look from down here <laughs> and I, I seen him make a pass there a while ago. It looked like uh, it's, it, it didn't look like it was a hole and he went through it. But that ha- what's what happens when a car really really works well and uh, you said that uh, Richard Petty was in a while ago with the hood up. He's got a skip in the car. They've lost about uh, 50 or 75 RPMs. They don't know what it is. So problems for Richard Petty. 65 laps are complete. We're at Talladega for the running of the Die Hard 500. We'll take a short break and we'll be back. 66 laps complete. No change in the running order at the front of the pack. It is still Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin riding first and second. Sterling Marlin's third. Kenny Schrader is fourth. And the rookie driver Rob Moroso is fifth. 
We had an accident on pit road a little bit earlier. Four, dry, uh, four crew members were taken to the infield care center. Let's check in with Winston Kelly for a report. Barney, we just talked to Reverend Max Helton, who is the chaplain for Motor Racing Outreach. He had been in the infield care center and said all four gentlemen are okay. There is a possibility they may transport a couple to the hospital here in the area just for precautionary measures. He said they're very lucky, but they are all okay. And that is good news as the battle goes on for the lead up at the front of the pack. Mark Martin been working on Dale Earnhardt for around this racetrack for the last four or five circuits around. 67 laps are complete. It's just something to see here at Talladega Super Speedway today. Everyone taking their best shot at Dale Earnhardt, but right now Joe Moore, Dale's holding everybody at bay. He's got him covered for now. Mark Martin's directly behind him and Kenny Schrader and Sterling Marlin, then double wide about four rows deep further back. That's Ricky Rudd trying to get around the Rob Moroso car. Rudd with some drafting help from Greg Sachs out of the inside. Moroso has late speed behind him. Moroso dives to the low-hand side. He's setting his sights on Ernie Irvin in fifth. But let's go to the top battle. Four-car breakaway. It is Earnhardt, Martin, Schrader, and Marlin. And Marlin almost got by Dale Earnhardt on the last lap, but Dale would not let the top spot go. He's still the leader into the trioval. It seems Earnhardt is determined to lead every lap of this thing that he can as the front four breakaway again, but the scramble now is from fifth position on back. Ernie Irvin currently is in that fifth spot. Side-by-side battle between Rob Barroso and Ricky Rudd as they head off to turn one and Joe Moore. That's the sixth-place battle directly behind them now. Lake Speed, he moves moves up the banking and gets around the Ricky Rudd car. Down to the inside is Greg Sachs. He'll, too, try to make a move on Ricky Rudd off turn number two. Ernie Irvin has the fifth stop. Now Moroso moves at sixth and seventh to Lake Speed. Rudd forces his way into the outside line between Kyle Petty and the Jimmy Spencer car. That's going to leave Greg Sachs all by himself, and about five cars go by him on the outside. There is a four-car breakaway with Earnhardt as the leader. Then you go back about ten car lengths to the fifth spot. That is Ernie Irvin. Right behind him is Kyle Petty and Ricky Rudd as they come down to the trioval. So as the field works back to the stripe, they'll put lap number 71 on the board. 188 make up the total distance today. We are live at Talladega, Alabama. The Talladega Super Speedway playing host to the Die Hard 500. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall and the entire MRN crew on hand here for this Winston Cup stop. Next weekend, we'll be talking to you from Indianapolis, Indiana for the Bush Grand National Series of NASCAR. That will be next Saturday evening at 8 30 Eastern Time for the Kroger NASCAR 200. Then back to Winston Cup Racing on Sunday, August the 12th from the road course in the Finger Lakes region of New York. Watkins Glen, New York will be at the Budweiser at the Glen August 12th. Dale Earnhardt leads. Mark Martin second. Schrader third. Marlon fourth. Irvin fifth. Rob Moroso a strong sixth place run as we check back in on pit road. Well, Eli, Steve Lloyd, the crew chief for uh, Sterling Marlin, is sitting here just patiently watching the car. Earnhardt's, got, Earnhardt's really got a tough car, but you guys have given him a pretty good challenge today. Can you handle him? Yeah, we just want to stay right there with him and race him out there at the end and see what happens. Has uh, Sterling said anything about where, what, or how, if he was going to do it? No, he hadn't said anything. He said the car's fine. He's just riding it out, see what happens in the end. Well, I guess that'd be a secret. Even if he, was, if he knew what he was going to do, probably wouldn't tell anybody. Afraid the word would get out. But it is a good race up there. Earnhardt, you're talking about Earnhardt not wanting to get him back? Well, when you're in front like that, nobody can blow up in front of you. So you got the best shot of making it all day unless something happens to yourself. And he's a tough customer, so I'm sure he's going to stay there. Earnhardt again leads a draft of four. They're out front by one and eight-tenths seconds as they work over to turns one and two. Back in fifth place is still Ernie Irvin. And, Joe Moore, this has been a, probably the most unusual race that we've seen at Talladega in a long time for the simple fact that one time the half the field comes by there, they're single file. The next time they come by there, they'll be as much as three deep. 
never know what to expect, Barney, as they come off the corner. We've seen a couple of times a four-car breakaway, and then maybe about 10 or 12 car lengths back to maybe a five- or six-car breakaway. Next time, it's a 20-car freight train that comes off this turn number two. And then the next time, they'll all be stacked up like a, a restart, double-wide stacked up for the restart. So you never know what to expect. And, of course, what happens a lot of time, if a car will drop down to the inside and form a line, sometimes he can go forward. Sometimes the line forms without him. He finds himself there all alone. We've seen it happen to Davey Allison and to Bill Elliott time and time again today. You just get out of line. No one goes with you. You're going to go to the back. Meanwhile, the average speed is 154.451 miles an hour. If you're just joining us, we have had two caution flags today. One came out on lap 26 as Phil Parsons and Dick Trickle tangled coming off turn number four. Then there was debris on the racetrack on lap 53, bringing out the second caution flag of the afternoon. One driver who has been hanging right around the front. We've not spoken that much about him, though, is Ernie Irvin, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. And make note, it is a Chevy. They have shifted over from Oldsmobile to a Chevy Lumina for the Kodak Film team this weekend. Tony Glover, the crew chief, was talking with me early in the week. He said you can just feel this team getting closer to a win. We've been struggling for a few years. It seems like we're getting closer. And, uh, you know, we're about to get the lid shut on the coffin. We just need to nail it down whenever we get it shut. I think, we, you know, we should have beat Earnhardt at Michigan. It was a, you know, it was a close race. But, you know, we learned, we learned our lesson by it. We learned some things. And if we can keep running up front and running near the head of the pack every week, I think we'll nail it down before long. Thoughts of Tony Glover and that team now running a strong fifth place right now ahead of a host of other cars that have been trying to get back. Richard Petty now being shown one lap down on this field. As a matter of fact, most everybody is on the lead lap. Richard is the first car now, or the next car, I should say, going a lap down. He's running in 31st spot. He'll join Jimmy Means, Michael Waltrip, and Brett Bodine, who are each a lap down. Two laps down are Jim Sauter driving Dave Marcus's car and Mark Stoll. Dick Trickle is back out there after many laps uh, behind the wall for repairs on the car. He is 37 laps down to the race leader. We got somebody else that we haven't talked about much lately that's doing awful good today is Kenny Schrader. He's uh, right up tight, right up front, and they've had their problems this year for sure. And Richard Broom, the crew chief, is sitting up here. Richard, you guys got a good good run going today. Well, we're running good. Uh, We don't have nothing for that three car, but we can hang on. That's about it. Well, running in a draft the way they're doing now, at least you've got broke away and you don't have to worry about all that other traffic. You've got to be more comfortable there. Yeah, I feel a little better about it than I did back in in that big pack back there. All right. They uh, have certainly had a lot of problems this year, and they've got something going for them now if it'll last all day. Seems like the only way to catch that lead draft a moment ago, the front four cars were about one and eight-tenths seconds ahead of the rest of the pack. Now it's chopped down to about 1.6. As they work back across the start-finish line, Ernie Irvin, Rob Moroso, and Kyle Petty have tucked in single file, and they're reeling in the front four, but at this rate, it's going to take them five or six laps to get up there and make it about a seven-way battle for the lead. 77 laps are complete in the Die Hard 500. We'll be back in a minute. We welcome you back to the Talladega Super Speedway, the Die Hard 500, now 80 laps old. 188 laps makes up the total distance here today. The race lead still being held by Dale Earnhardt. Mark Martin running in the second spot. Sterling Marlin right there hounding away. He's in third. Kenny Schrader and he's swapping positions around each time by. This time it's Schrader in third with Marlin back to fourth. Ernie Irvin is fifth. Sixth is Rob Moroso. Kyle Petty is seventh. A super eighth place run now for Lake Speed. 
lead. Ninth is Derek Cope, and Greg Sachs moves up from a distant starting spot into 10th position. 11th now is Ricky Rudd. Bill Elliott is 12th. Kowicki is 13th. Davey Allison 14th. The Hines Ketchup Pontiac with Jimmy Spencer now 15th. 16th place is Rusty Wallace with Harry Gant 17th. Bobby Hill in 18th. Jeff Bodine 19th and 20th is Chad Little. That is on the 81st lap of 188 laps here this afternoon. Right now, joining us here in the booth is a fellow whose uh, name has long since been associated with the Charlotte Motor Speedway, but will be associated with the Atlanta International Raceway. We welcome Bruton Smith to our broadcast, and it's great to see you here in Talladega today. Well, thank you, Eli. I'm really enjoying this event. It's quite, quite an event. You know, we were just sitting here talking about it. Barney and I were discussing the merits of restrictor plate racing, and uh, the drivers may not totally embrace it, but if you're a paying customer, you've got to love what you're seeing this afternoon. It's got all the fans on the edge of their seat wanting to stand up most of the time, I and mean, it's just very exciting. Congratulations are due to you and your group uh, for acquiring the stock at the Atlanta International Raceway, the announcement made about a week or so ago. Thank you, Eli. We're uh, really excited about the future there, and we're going to work very hard to uh, make all the fans, participants, NASCAR proud of what we do. I would assume, and uh, correct me, but I doubt that I'm wrong, knowing what you've done with the Charlotte Motor Speedway, you will likely take as ambitious an approach in uh, taking the facilities to that type of a level down at Atlanta. Well, we are already there doing a lot of things, and I think that uh, you will welcome some of the small things that we do between now and November the 18th, the, the final race of the year, but uh, we are working diligently toward getting some things accomplished. Well, it's great to see you here. We look forward to seeing you down uh, for the Atlanta Journal 500 come November, and uh, best of luck on this newest venture for you. Thank you, Eli, and congratulations on the job. I told you earlier, I was in Houston. I saw you on television there this week doing your show, and we always enjoy it where we are. Thanks very much. Thank you. Great to see you. And that uh, is going to be an interesting chapter in the uh, history of our sport, uh, the stepping towards uh, the Atlanta Raceway for Bruton Smith and his group. I think we'll see an awful lot of changes down there. There's no question about that. We're at Talladega for the running of the Die Hard 500. 83 laps are complete. We've been watching Morgan Shepard, who had been up in the thick of things most of the day, at least up in the top ten running along there. He has fallen back in the pack on the tail end of about that second draft. Although he is up to speed, uh, he has lost quite a bit of time. We might check that out a little bit later and see if Morgan has a problem. Boy, they're trying to get their team turned around. They've had five finishes in a row that were not to their liking after getting the season underway earlier this year, leading the Winston Cup points and just consistently finishing up in the top ten. But today, they're beginning to fall back a little bit. Now, whether they have a problem or not, we'll check it out and find out for Morgan Shepard and the Motorcraft team. Let's go to Pit Road. Barney, I'll tell you, there's a happy crew down here. Dale Watkins is the is crew chief for Lake Speed, and they just passed all of in that second pack and got up in front, I think, about fifth. Yeah, you got a good run going. Well, the draft's so important here. We need, you just sort of have to be real careful where you go and how you get there. Um, just keep saying our prayers and working away the front. Well, not much else you can do. You guys are not around here too much, and, I mean, you haven't been here a lot this year. Kind of a new bunch of you put together. you got to be happy with this run. Yes, sir, we really are. Uh, we'd like to thank Preston for letting us be out here in Baja Boats for us. Tell you, Barney, most of these teams, you know, the guy goes in front, everybody goes, eh, we expected it. All right, you know, long race, the guy goes into third or fourth, everybody says, well, we got to go to the front. When he went into fifth, the whole bunch, he thought he'd won the race. They jumped over the wall and yelling and hollering and having a good time. And then the next time he come by, he was still in fifth, they were still clapping and having a good time. He may not win the race, whether he does or doesn't, these guys are excited. 
They should be because Lake Speed is one of the best drivers that comes to here, and Daytona have been two of his better tracks over the years, and particularly Talladega. Even back in the early years, an equipment that was not as competitive as it might have been, Lake was always up in that lead pack, and right now he's got his hands full just hanging on to fifth position as they work through the dogleg here at Talladega this afternoon on still some cloudy skies drifting around, but thus far the weather's been nothing but just very hot, and we had said earlier there might be a possibility of a shower, but thus far we've been in good shape. Lake Speed goes back to turn number one, but if he looks back in that mirror, there's about 11 cars chasing him into the corner in front of Joe Moore. Well, they're Baron Dallin and Kyle Petty directly behind him. Also the car of Ernie Irvin, he's there. The lap car of Michael Waltrip and Greg Sachs. Eric Cope also was real well. He was up in front of Lake Speed several laps ago. His car's been breaking loose as it comes off turn number two, and he's dropped back a little bit now. Now that group running about a half a straightaway behind the lead four as they move into turn number three. What's happened is the lead four has almost agreed among themselves, let's just fall into line, work this draft thing, and open up a big gap between ourselves and fifth spot. Meanwhile, the battle for fifth, these guys are shuffling around. This is slowing them down just a bit. They should work together in a single file to catch the lead group into the tie over. As a matter of fact, we'll get the interval now here at the start-finish line between fourth place Sterling Marlin and the fifth place battle, Lake Speed and Kyle Petty. It's 3.02 seconds and fifth place is worth watching now back in one. Kyle Petty has grabbed the spot, the fifth position. Ernie Irvin also advances. He takes the outside line. Lake Speed left all alone, drops to the inside. He'll lose yet another spot to Greg Sachs, and here's Derek Cope bearing down on him with the help of Rob Moroso on the outside. But Speed squeezes up into line in front of Derek Cope as they come down the back straightaway now, so he'll hold on to the ninth spot. Cope will be in 10th, then the lap car of Michael Waltrip, and a side-by-side battle for 11th. Earlier today, Kyle Petty was a little bit loose in the corners. He has that problem straightened out now. He looks very strong in the fifth position. Irvin in sixth, and then it's Derek Cope about the seventh position. Derek got out of line on the last lap, and again, he got burned when you fall out of line. You lose about four or five spots. And that side-to-side racing back there for fifth position has allowed the front four to open up daylight to the tune of better than four seconds right now. Kyle Petty still tucks in single file. Kyle said yesterday he likes this uh, degree of spoiler that they're putting on the car more than 30 degrees or so. Yeah, you got to run flat out. That's what we were talking about. Gary, when the first time I run, Gary wanted to know if the car was loose. And I told him I didn't think you could make this car loose with this much spoiler on it. But it's good. You know, it, I think it, it equalizes a lot of stuff. It gives a lot of people an opportunity to run good. And, you know, I don't think it's going to be that much difference in a race because we've been running 25 degrees. We've only added 5 degrees to it. So I don't think you'll see that much difference in the race as far as that goes. But you'll see a lot different qualifying time. And that's exactly what it was. The qualifying speeds were down. The race speeds just about where they normally are. Race speed right now for the leader, 193.513 miles an hour. The Holly Farms Lickety Split Award is awarded each race to the driver who turns in the quickest lap while leading the race. Moments ago, Earnhardt, 193.513. Not too shabby a speed right there, regardless of what these fellows have to run with. That's for sure. Race speed just over 193 miles an hour and coming up on 90 laps complete when they come back around next time with Dale Earnhardt, the leader. We'll be back. Back with you at Talladega Super Speedway. It is three and a half seconds now. The advantage for Dale Earnhardt over the fourth place running Ernie Irvin, but Earnhardt's got his hands full off turn two. Mark Martin works the inside line. He's even with Earnhardt off turn two and on the backstretch. And Schrader and Marlin will line up behind Martin down on the bottom, but Earnhardt, oh, so strong in the outside. Even the draft won't allow Martin to get by him in three. Last time around, Earnhardt's handling went off. Earnhardt went way up high on the track. This allowed Martin to close the gap, and right now Mark Martin dives down to the low line. Mark Martin assumes the lead. The first time Earnhardt has been passed outside of the pits. Will Mark Martin bring Kenny Schrader and Sterling Marlin win him? No! Dale Earnhardt has
has enough horsepower to maintain the lead into the tri-oval. It could well be that Dale Earnhardt's just checking out the competition, so to speak, because he went very high in turn number one, knowing that Mark Martin was going to go down there. They get door-to-door the front four again, back in turn two. Martin's got the edge now, coming into the corner, but Earnhardt still hangs tough on the outside. He's been taking a higher line through turns one and two, and for several laps, Martin's been testing him down low. Off the corner now, Earnhardt gets back out in front. He'll take Sterling Marlin with him. Martin will drop back to third. Schrader will drop back to fourth. So it's Chevy, Olds, Ford, Chevy now. A good distance back to fifth place, Ernie Irvin. Amazing power on that Dale Earnhardt automobile. I mean, they left him for dead between turn three and four when he went to the high side. They all came down low. Didn't matter to Dale. He just put his foot down when he came out to the exit of four and was able to hold down the top spot. Here they come into the trioval. It is Earnhardt, Marlin, Martin, and Schrader. Dale Earnhardt led 107 laps here at Talladega back in May. Right now, he continues to lead at halfway in the diehard 500. The crossed flags from Doyle Ford as Dale Earnhardt continues to hold off all challenges midway through the diehard 500. Just got the medical updates on the crew members who were injured on that accident on Pitt Road during the second caution of the day as uh, Stanley Smith and Tracy Leslie's cars collided. Joey Britt from Star North Carolina, he's the, uh, cas- uh, the gas catch can man. He was transported to the regional medical center in Anniston, Alabama for x-rays on his left shoulder, his pelvis, and his right femur. Art Presnall, who's from Charlotte, North Carolina, he's the fellow who services the driver with something cold to drink and so on. He bit his tongue, also bruised his leg. He has been checked over and released here at the infield care center. Eric Dunn, who is from Star, North Carolina, one of the tire carriers for the team, has been trans- uh, transported as well to the regional medical center in Anniston. X-rays on his right shoulder and his pelvis. Robin Metapenogen from Washington, Michigan, who is 36 years old, the tire changer, is complaining of neck pain. He, too, was transported to the medical center in Anniston for a uh, CAT scan on his neck and uh, upper shoulder area. But that's uh, the report. Everybody is uh, conversant and, from that standpoint, doing well. And possibly we'll have a further update for you as our afternoon continues. We're just past the halfway point. 95 laps are complete. They've shaken loose from Kenny Schrader, who was the fourth car in that four-car draft just a moment ago. The front three now are beginning to pull away a little bit by Kenny Schrader. It's hard to tell, and here comes Earnhardt peeling off and will head for pit road. And the other three runners right behind him also are coming in. Let's cover these pit stops. The leader, Dale Earnhardt, is in the pits. Well, he's gonna, they're going to change uh, right side tires on it. They're going to check the left side tires. I don't know. They think that he's got probably a good enough car not to have to do anything over there. They're looking them over good. They've about got the right side done. They had no indication of doing the left side. Martin come in and they changed right side on his car and he traveled right behind them. We'll have to see how they get caught back up on a draft. Very, very important part here for the people that's watching this thing or the people that happen to be watching it on TV. Right now, from now until up to speed is where these drivers really, really is important for them. Now, these three cars came in all together. They were running together on a racetrack. It depends on how they go from 190 miles an hour 
to 190 miles an hour. Not how long it takes this crew to get through. Everybody has to work together here. A guy comes in at his maximum braking speed. He goes out, doesn't spin the wheels, just like a drag race going back out on the racetrack. And he goes through all the gears. The gear ratios have to be right. Everything has to be right to get that car, 3,600 pounds of it, back up to 190 miles an hour, or the guy loses two or three seconds. And two or three seconds here is, is very, very noticeable on a racetrack. There has to be a problem on Kenny Schrader's car. He is not up to speed. They all came off pit road about the same time, but Schrader has lost a good eight or ten seconds behind Dale Earnhardt right now and Mark Martin. Remember, those are the only cars out of the front lead pack that have been on pit road. We'll see some more pit stops coming up here in just a moment. 97 laps are being posted on the scoreboard here at Talladega this afternoon. As they work around, here's Davey Allison in the pit. Go ahead, Dick. Barney, (laughs) what I just got through saying is just exactly what happened. Some of these guys run open gears on these tracks. Some of them run uh, what they call a ratchet, a gear that, uh, a rear-end gear that while you're uh, off the throttle, it's freewheeling. When you're on the throttle, both rear wheels are pulling. I don't know who's got those in there, but I know Kenny Schrader does not. And when he was started down pit road, he got toward the end of the pit road, he started spinning the wheel, the only wheel that was pulling, and just exactly, like I said a while ago, that's how critical it is. Now, drag racers, of course, they call it smoking the tires. Well, I smoked the tires, and I got beat by a thousandth of a second. It only took me four seconds to do it. These guys have got the rest of the afternoon to live with this one when he smoked the tires at the end. So the total preparation of getting all the car together, all the team together, and then the driver sensing when that thing's going to break loose, no matter if it's in first gear, second gear, or third gear, or back out on the racetrack, is very, very critical in a race like today. More pit stops again in front of Dick Brooks, Kyle Petty, Alan Kowicki, Derek Cope, and Greg Sachs are in, Dick. Well, they're going to change right side tires on most of the cars, uh, and they'll get them fueled up and try to get them back out in the heat just as quick as they can. The interval right now back to Kenny Schrader at, between those front two cars that came off pit road a moment ago. He's lost about five and a half seconds, so he's got a lot of ground to make up just to get back up there in a draft to maintain any kind of a decent speed here with the front runners. Kyle Petty is down and away. Four more cars come onto pit road, and we'll see some more. The whole field will be in probably in the next four or five laps. We have had ten different lead changes already here on lap number 99. Let's check in further with pit road reports as Jim Phillips will have some cars in front of him for service here in just a moment. Well, the tide crew is across the wall. I talked to Jeff Hammond just a moment ago, and I asked how many laps I could go on fuel, and he said 42 to 48, and I asked Leo Jackson. He said, we can go 50. So Harry might stay out just a little bit longer than the rest. They have their board out for these teams, but they're not in yet. Further on down pit road, Dick Brooks has more company. Well, Ernie Irving's in. Changing, uh, they changed right side on his bump of spoiler up just a little bit. Sterling Marlin was in. He, he got his car dropped earlier, and uh, so was Michael Waller, because he came in, stopped. And those three cars went back out almost the same way they came in. Lake Speed came in with them, and he just now left the pits. The other cars are gone. That's the critical point of making these pit stops. Uh, Davey Allison, they've got the board out for him. He'll be in just a minute. Davey Allison is currently being posted as the leader. You're not going to see too many drivers pit by themselves, although as Davey Allison peels off the banking up in turn number four and brings his Ford onto pit road right now, it looks like he's going to make a stop by himself. Let's cover that stop for Davey. Yeah, Davey's in. They're changing right sides on it, cleaning up the windshield, going to put in all the Unical gas they can get in the thing. They've got the tires off, the tires back on. Jackman's looking it over, see when to drop it down. A little bit of a problem. Uh-oh, had an air ranch break in the back. Now, this is what really, really hurts. Had an air ranch go bad on the rear of the car. They couldn't get the tire off. Now, they've got both tire changers working on it. They come around and dropped him off, let him go. That's about... Uh, 
and you can hear him go by. That cost on the racetrack, now you say in seconds, he was probably here six seconds, maybe longer than, uh, than he would have been at a good stop. Six seconds is almost 1,800 feet. A drag race is only 14-something see the difference in what they're doing. I asked Dale Earnhardt the other day if it's tough to accept that when you're doing well, but a part breaks mechanically. Well, not really. Uh, if, you know, if I mess up, uh, it's, tougher on, uh, it's tougher on me because, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm put so much pressure on to do everything right, but uh, we cut a tire at Charlotte, we broke a camshaft at Dover, we, uh, the belt will come off the rear-end pump and uh, burnt the, trans- the coolant belt come off the transmission cooler and, uh, and it burnt the transmission up. So these things happen that you can't do anything about. Uh, you fix those and, and, you know, hopefully it won't happen to you again is all you can do in those cases. And, but, if, you know, if I'd have messed up and wrecked the car from my mistake, it had been tougher on me uh, than the mechanical things happening because the things that are happening mechanically, it's not anyone's fault. It's just things that happen or are cutting a tire or whatever, and we can fix those or maybe they won't happen again. Uh, we, if we don't make any mistakes as a team and as a driver, I think, you know, we're we better off, and that's where our luck will come back to us is not making a mistake. That's interesting. I would have just thought the opposite way. I would have thought if I was doing my job, and in this case uh, an air hose breaks or an impact wrench, whatever, that would be tougher for me to accept than uh, myself uh, screwing up in a given situation. Eli, I think there's a lot of feelings on that. And you've been around racing a long, long time. Barney's been around a long time, and I think we've all seen this time and time again. But from me being inside the car, when you mess up yourself and you know you've messed up, you've got to decide what you're going to tell people. No matter what you tell them, uh, you know, it still hurts. You've got to tell them, well, something may have happened, blah, blah, blah. You don't really know what happened, but you think that you probably screwed up. When something else happens on the car, an air wrench breaks or, uh, or a hose breaks or uh, a belt on the rear end, the drivers, from a driver's standpoint, or from mine always anyway, and, and uh, I like to try to make things right. I like to try to complete them and get things right. And I think most of these successful drivers do that, and, and crew people. It's a real, real thing, the secret to racing and the secret to the teams that are real successful at it. They don't just go buy another belt and put it on. They find out why that one broke. They don't just go buy another air hose and hook it up to the air tank. Why did it break? Did we have it curled up wrong? Do we have something wrong with it? And what hurts the driver when he's out there on a day like today when it's hot and you work and work and work and work and all of a sudden something happens that happened two weeks ago? That's what hurts. That's when it really gets you. Why didn't somebody find out what happened to it and fix it at that time? Not now. It's too late. We're out again. So I think uh, the disappointment on a lot of race teams come from people having so much money or not managing a team properly and just buying stuff and replacing it instead of finding out why it broke in the first place. Just about the entire field had been on pit road for a regular stop, except about three cars. Harry Gant is one of those. He is just coming out of the pits. Let's get a report on his stop. They changed right side tires, and Leo Jackson came around the rear of the car and bumped the spoiler up on the Skull Bandit Oldsmobile. They did their work in 13.9 seconds. We lack only one car that's not pitted in this round of pit stops, and that is the Budweiser Ford of Jeff Bodine. And they have the pit board out for him to come in on this particular lap. So we expect, and here comes Jeff Bodine, the Budweiser Ford. If you'll remember at uh, 
Pocono. They got 107 miles out of a tank and full of gasoline. And Pete Wright goes around with the jack. Mike Hill and uh, Tim Brewer are changing the tires of the Budweiser Ford. They put in that uh, Unical gasoline. Again, as we pointed out earlier, someone is decked go dying from the rear because the, the bumpers all crinkled in. Henry Benfield putting in that last flash of gasoline. Don Pitt rowing goes 13.3 seconds on the stop for Jeff Bodine. And Richard Petty, who had been posted on the lead lap a moment ago, running back about 32nd position, has just made his pit stop also and gone back onto the speedway. 107 laps are complete. Dale Earnhardt goes back into the lead now that everyone has made those stops, and we'll set the rest of the running order for you in a minute. 109 laps are on the board. 188 make up the total distance here this afternoon. Dale Earnhardt has been the story here today, continuing to lead with Mark Martin running in the second spot, Sterling Marlin third, fourth belongs to Ricky Rudd, and fifth is Kyle Petty. Those cars at this moment remaining unchanged in their running order. As John Nardini, the second, joins us here in the booth, the associate product manager for Consumer Products Division of the Heinz USA Company. And the folks who are so very instrumental, not only with the racing team, but with the Heinz Ketchup Award. And that's something that drivers don't mind winning because uh, the man who picks up the most positions in a given afternoon takes home some extra bonus money from Hines. It's been a good program. He sure he sure does, uh, Eli, and we've heard from a lot of drivers that they appreciate the fact that there are not only sponsors out there recognizing the top few drivers, but also the people who start uh, back in the pack and work their way up. Has this program and the involvement with Jimmy Spencer, your driver, has it paid off as far as uh, usage of your product in the southeast and in the racing area? Because I know uh, Hines is number one everywhere, and you were trying to re-cement your domination in the southeast. We sure were. And what we've seen is what we've known and what NASCAR fans have known all along is that the consumers, as well as the grocery trade, have come out and supported our product now that we're behind the NASCAR. Um, Jimmy has made a lot of inroads. He's doing very well, not only in this race, but uh, we're making our presence known uh, throughout the Winston Cup scene, and um, it is paying off in business results for us. I remember seeing Jimmy one day at Three River Stadium in Pittsburgh, alongside was it John Smiley, I guess, yeah, who they, wears number 57 for the Pirates? Yeah, they did a photo session, and we stopped and talked a little bit with Barry Bonds, who at that point in time was the second leading here in the National League. John, it's great to see you. Enjoy uh, the rest of the afternoon, and say hello to all of our friends at Hines. Great. Thanks a lot, Eli. John Nardini from Heinz, USA. Earnhardt is still the leader at 111 laps. 188 will make up the diehard 500 here at Talladega this afternoon with Dale Earnhardt the leader. Right behind him is Mark Martin. They have opened up quite a bit of daylight on the third place car now. That is Sterling Marlin. He is three and five tenths seconds behind them. And all of a sudden they tuck in single file. There's about nine cars in the draft led by Sterling Marlin from third position on back. Ricky Rudd is still fourth. And in fifth place as they work back over to Joe Moore in turn number one is Ernie Irvin. Back at the sixth spot is a Greg Sachs car. He's moved up in the field quite a good ways. In seventh behind him is Kyle Petty. Eighth is Bill Elliott. Ninth is the Alan Kowicki car. And rounding out the top ten is Derek Cope as they make their way off turn two. Interesting to watch that those cars from third through tenth are not jockeying around amongst themselves, but they're all staying single file trying to close that gap between themselves and the front two. That would be the strategy to play right now. You want to catch those top two. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin are already through turns four. Then it's about 15 car lengths back to Sterling Marlin, Marlin Irvin, Rudd, and Sachs. And indeed, they've got to work together in a single line to catch the leaders. Well, the leaders come back to the stripe. They'll put lap 113 on the board. Again, we'll get our stopwatches going here as Earnhardt and Martin come across the stripe. Sterling Marlin is 3.07 seconds behind, so the margin from first and second back to third through about tenth 
right now stabilizing at 3.08 seconds. Welcome back to the Talladega Super Speedway MRN Radio with live coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series and the Die Hard 500. The race being led by Dale Earnhardt. Mark Martin is second. Sterling Marlin third. Fourth is Ernie Irvin. And fifth now is the switch off between Greg Sachs and Kyle Petty. They've been alternating positions five and six. Seven is now Bill Elliott. Eighth is Alan Kowicki. Derek Cope is ninth. And tenth is Ken Schrader. Eleventh is Butch Miller, who for the second week in a row is having a good run. And in 12th spot right now is Rob Moroso, the youngster who is doing uh, awfully well. He can see his team starting to mature. That was something we had talked about earlier this week. Well, we are. You know, the team's coming together good. We just are coming off our first top ten finish ever. We finished ninth down in Daytona. Had a good run there. Uh, and the team's really coming together. We're getting things sorted out. And, you know, I'm, we've been to all the racetracks except Phoenix and Watkins Glen now. And so we're just going to start going back to the repeat tracks and see what we can do. Well, things are working out quite well for Rob Moroso at this juncture of the race as he is running in 12th position, lap number 115 on the board. Rob's had an interesting year. As a rookie driver, he's had everything bad that could happen to him in the early part of the season, and he, his attitude hasn't changed that much as far as being down and out. He says, you know, that's part of learning how to do it and, and stay in the car. You're going to have some bad luck. And he says in the second half of the season, I think we might even win a race. And if he keeps running like they have uh, in the last two or three races, he's got a good shot to do so in his rookie year. 160 16 laps are on the board. For the moment, Dale Earnhardt, very, very much in command. We've seen him get back way in the field as far back as 12th to 13th on a couple of these restarts, and one by one, he just knocked him off and came right back to the front of the pack. He seems determined to lead every lap of this thing that he possibly can here today. If he does win it, he started on the pole, his first pole position in more than three and a half years. He would get the Unical Challenge money in addition to first place money here at Talladega, which would be a pretty good payday for him. $68,400 in the Unical Challenge. That of course, if you're not familiar with it and you're listening to our broadcast, for a driver who wins the poll, Union 76 posts $7,600 each week, and if nobody goes on to win the poll in the race, the money rolls over and keeps building up. And it's a pretty healthy piece of change right now. It really is. And if it's not won here today, it rolls over again towards Watkins Glen in a couple of weeks, where it would be up to some $76,000. So uh, that's what's on the line for the Winston Cup drivers here this weekend. 117 laps on the board right now. Dale Earnhardt at the moment holding off all all challengers, and in the last uh, short while, there really haven't been that many challengers. A couple of fellows have taken a shot here and there, but basically everything is status quo as Earnhardt just circulates here on the 117th lap. A bit later on in the broadcast today, we're going to announce the winner of the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award. That goes to the mechanic who is deemed to have really contributed that little extra bit towards his team's winning in the event. Robin Pemberton right now is leading on the seasonal basis. He is the crew chief for Mark Martin's Folgers Ford. Tim Brewer from Jeff Bodine's car is second. Andy Petrie, the crew chief for Harry Gantz Skull Bandit, is currently third in the seasonal balloting, ahead of Gary Nelson from Kyle Petty's team and Mike Beam, the crew chief for Bill Elliott. A $25,000 award is going to be paid at season's end to the winner of the Western Auto Mechanic of the Year Award. The numbers on this race, average speed, 158.346 miles an hour. We have had 13 different lead changes among eight drivers. Two 
caution flags for 10 laps and six drivers are in the garage. Terry Labonte lost an engine very early in the race. Phil Parsons was involved in an accident. Buddy Baker dropping out with an ignition failure. Dale Jarrett lost an engine. Stanley Smith and Tracy Leslie involved in an accident on the pit lane. And that's where we currently sit. 119 laps in to a 188-lap race. That two-car draft at the front of the pack, Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin really running very tight, and it is paying off for them. They have now opened up a little better than a five-second lead on the third-place car, which is Ernie Irvin and Kyle Petty and Bill Elliott, who ride along there together, kind of locked up in a single-car draft themselves. Got to give a call to Kyle Petty. I don't, I've known Kyle ever since he came into this business, even back uh, in the early 60s when he used to come around with his dad, Richard Petty, and watched him grow up as a driver, and it first came in, his attitude was not really what a race driver needed to be, and he was the first to admit it. Over the years, he's changed. He's changed again. He pursued a country music career for a while and was trying to drive a race car. He dropped all of his business interests and everything else, and now he is totally, totally dedicated to winning races. And I talked with him about that yesterday, just how much his attitude had changed. It really does. You know, it's surprising. I was riding down here last night about 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning, and it's amazing what goes through your mind at that time when you're on the highway. But, you know, I was thinking about how much more confident I was this year than what I was last year. Uh, you know, and I think that's it's a lot to do with winning the race, but I think it's got a lot to do with working with Gary Nelson and with John Wilson building the motors. You know, that's the first motor that we've broken in, in two years since we've started, really. And it's just one of those deals where, you know, you get in a car, you don't ever think about anything falling off, you don't ever think about anything breaking. So that gives you the mental attitude that all you have to do is go out and drive hard. Then you win a race, and that boosts your confidence. So, you know, everything that we've done over the last six or seven months is just built and built and built on a, on a good, firm foundation. And we feel like we've got a, a team that can win races and hopefully win a championship in the next couple of years. Thoughts of Kyle Petty about just how much he has changed as a driver. He currently rides along there in fourth position. Welcome back to Talladega, Alabama. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall here at the start-finish line. Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, and Dan Hubbard are covering the action of the turns today. Our pit reporters are Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly. Our engineers, Harry Howard and Clay Stalka. We welcome you aboard to continuing live coverage of the Die Hard 500. At this moment, 125 laps are complete. The average speed, 167.120. Let's take you all the way back in the running order as to how they're running at the moment. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead. Mark Martin hanging right with him in second spot. Kyle Petty is third. Bill Elliott fourth. Ernie Irvin is running fifth. Sixth is Alan Kowicki with Greg Sachs seventh. Eighth belongs to Derek Cope. Sterling Marlin is ninth. And tenth is now Ricky Rudd. Ken Schrader is in 11th spot. Twelfth is Rob Moroso. Davey Allison 13th. 14th is Lake Speed. And 15th is Morgan Shepard. All of these cars are on the lead lap. 16th is Bobby Hillen. 17th, Jimmy Horton driving Darrell Waltrip's car. 18th is Harry Gantt. 19th, Rusty Wallace. 20th spot now is Hutch Strickland. And 21st is Jeff Bodine. All of those cars are on the lead lap. Kind of wondering why Jeff Bodine had not been able to get up the front of the pack. You heard a report from Pitt Road earlier that he had some sheet metal damage on the rear end of the car. And aerodynamics so very important here at Talladega. But currently is just managing to hang on to the lead lap. We might get a report from his pits from Tim Brewer a little bit later to see if they have cured some of those problems. 22nd is Mickey Gibbs. 23rd position right now belongs to Jimmy Spencer. 
Uh, Jack Pennington would be in 24th. 25th is Chad Little. Michael Waltrip, who had such a great run here earlier this afternoon, is now back in 26th position. Rick Wilson is 27th, 28th. That is Brett Bodine. And 29th is A.J. Foyt. A little further back, two laps down. They're posting Butch Miller, who's had his problems here today. And Bill Venturini is being posted 31st and Richard Petty 32nd. 33rd. Now they're showing Dave Marcus's car with Jim Sauter as the driver. Also three laps down and 34th is Jimmy Means. Four laps down and 35th spot is Mark Stahl. And 36 laps down is Dick Trickle, who is running in 36th spot after an extended stay in the garage area. Uh, pit stop moments ago for Greg Sachs. Let's cover that. Well, I got him to change four tires. I asked him just as he was coming down pit road uh, what the problem was. They said they didn't know. They thought they had a tire problem. They're off now and checking them. Greg Sachs is back on the racetrack. A car we've been watching for the last 10 laps, maybe more than that, getting around these corners, particularly up in turns three and four, is Derek Cope. Everybody, he'll be single file running down the straightaway, but Alan Bestwick, when they get to that corner, a couple of times, he has been right out against that wall like the car just would not turn in the middle of the turn. Derek has either been very brave or his car is handling very badly, Barney, because you're right, that bright orange car almost scraping the gray retaining wall all the way around the corners, but it's interesting to note that as he's been forced to the outside, I've seen him pass a good five or six cars that way today. As he sweeps up to the outside, someone moves down to the bottom to give him room, and he'll just keep his foot in it and go right on by. And we've had a lot of drivers tell us that if you free the car up going into the corner, don't turn it as hard in the middle of the corner and let it run out against that wall. You keep the RPMs up, and you can turn in some pretty good lap times, and apparently that's what he's doing. That's big, big key right there. One other key I was watching with interest, that Greg Sachs pit stop moments ago, if there has been one area where everybody's been kind of pointing with that racing team, they're a new racing team, is that the pit stops had not been consistently as good as some of the other top racing teams. I was talking with Gary Dehart, who is the crew chief for Greg Sachs' car, about whether the fellows work on pit stops during the week now. Yeah, we, we practice every week. Uh, we're getting better than we were at first. Uh, it's kind of hard to get a group of guys together that's never worked together before and, and just put them out there and have 20-second pit stops. Uh, we, we practice behind the shop. we got a pit wall up behind the shop, and uh, we practice a lot there. Click off 20 and 21 second stop back there. Of course, it's different with the race track, but uh, uh, we're getting better. They have made some good pit stops today when Greg has had to come in under green flag conditions with a host of other drivers. At one point, he was one of four drivers that came down pit road. Everybody stopped at the same time. They all came back on the racetrack at the same time. So you can see the crew is improving week after week. It's strange that you talk to different crew chiefs about uh, practicing pit stops, and half of them say, "Nah, we never practice because that's what we do all day Sunday. And the other half say, yeah, sometimes if our timing gets off, we go to a racetrack and maybe close to home or Charlotte or Wilkesboro or whatever, and we will practice those stops. Last week, Tim Brewer and the Junior Johnson team had some stops that we have not seen the likes of in a long, long time, and maybe we'll get his thoughts about that before the afternoon is over. 130 laps are complete here at Talladega in the Die Hard 500. It is still Dale Earnhardt, the leader, Mark Martin is second, Kyle Petty is third, Bill Elliott is fourth, and Ernie Irvin round out the top five. The lead is in excess of four seconds now. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin still tied tightly together, although Earnhardt uses a bit of a higher line going into turn number one. They come out, Earnhardt and Martin do in identical tire tracks. Then four seconds back to Kyle Petty, Bill Elliott, Ernie Irvin, Kenny Schrader, the rest of that draft trying to chase down the front two. One thing's for sure, though, we're about 55 laps away from another typical Talladega finish, but they're going to have to go some to beat a finish we saw here back in the early 80s. Take a listen. 
Tampa Tampa and Philly Cigars present another close but no cigar finish. Some of the greatest finishes in NASCAR history have happened here at the Talladega Super Speedway. The track seems to favor underdogs, and such was the case on August 2nd, 1981, when a young rookie driver surprised a couple of veterans to record his first and only Winston Cup win. Our close but no cigar highlight is next. Have a Tampa presents another close but no cigar racing highlight. Coming down to the flag, I was looking good. When Val started popping up through the hood, I just shut her down and let her coast 100 yards to the finish. At the very most, they were gaining fast when I crossed the war, and it was close. But no cigar. It's not whether you win or lose, it's how you have a Tampa. So relax with a good, fresh Tampa nugget, Tampa sweet, or have a Tampa jewel. The highlight of the race. Just coasting to victory lane. August 2nd, 1981, Bobby Allison was dominating the Talladega 500 when he dropped off the pace with less than eight laps to go. That left three drivers to settle things among themselves. Veteran Darrell Waltrip, youngster Terry Labonte, and rookie driver Ron Bouchard. Off the turn, everybody kind of holding their breath. The crowd here in the turn area standing and watching. Could Ricky Rudd be the spoiler running up there and helping a draft get by Darrell Waltrip? You'll never know until it's out. This is a two-lap shootout. It's Waltrip, Labonte, and Bouchard, your top three in turn three. If experience counts, then Darrell Waltrip's got it on his side. He's got two of the hottest youngsters in NASCAR coming up on his rear wheels as he brings them around the 33-degree banking for the next to last time, looking for the white flag Waltrip leading Labonte and Bouchard. The key to this race could be Bouchard. Who will he choose to draft with on the last lap? Labonte goes to the high side as Waltrip tries to break the draft inside. There is just one lap to go, and Waltrip has a car-length lead. Labonte and Bouchard are bumper to bumper at turn one. Everybody holding their breath as Waltrip goes a bit lower, trying to break away from Labonte, who is still nose to tail with Bouchard, running second and third. Off the turn, Waltrip goes inside. Labonte and Bouchard battle for the lead. It's Waltrip trying to break the draft. Bouchard goes to the inside right now. He's running side by side with Labonte. He comes back into the thing. He's got to drop into third place as they hit turn three. Waltrip's got one car length on Terry Labonte in the number two spot. Bouchard is closed within a car length of Labonte. And the three are stacked. One, two, three, just like that. Waiting for that final move as they come off turn four. Waltrip leads them off. Here comes Labonte right on his tail to the outside. Terry Labonte sweeps around on the outside, and he is there. Then down on the inside comes Bouchard. Three abreast. They'll come across the start finish line. It'll be Bouchard by just about a foot. Ron Bouchard will win the 13th Talladega 500 and become the 13th different driver to do it. It is a finish they are still talking about to this very day. That date was August 2nd, 1981, the day Massachusetts driver Ron Bouchard stole the thunder from NASCAR's best in the Talladega 500. I'm Eli Gold. This close but no cigar finish was brought to you by Have a Tampa and Philly Cigars. Talladega Super Speedway for the Die Hard 500. The laps are winding down. One more round of pit stops coming up not too far away. 137 are on the board. 188 will make up the distance in the race this afternoon. The running order pretty much the same as it was when we took a short break a moment ago. Dale Earnhardt.
Earnhardt is still the leader. Mark Martin the second. Kyle Petty is third. Fourth is Bill Elliott. And fifth right now is Ernie Irvin. We had talked a little bit about Jimmy Horton earlier this afternoon in the Darrell Walker car. Darrell did not start the race today. They felt like it would be a disadvantage to Jimmy to have to bring the car on pit road, make the driver switch and put him behind and let him play catch up all day. Although he has stayed on the lead lap for most of the afternoon, he had been posted up around 14th or 15th position a little bit earlier. Let's see if we can get a report from his pits. Friend Jimmy Horton's pit with uh, Jeff Hammond today. Jeff, you let Jimmy take it all the way. How about his progress so far today? Jimmy's really been doing a really good job. Just about five laps ago, he was trying to pass Bill Venturini, and, and uh, they got kind of got messed up when he did it. Both of them got knocked out of the draft. And right now, if you don't have a good dance partner, you're in a lot of trouble here in Talladega today. If we could ever get back up with these other cars, the car will run with them. We may not be able to have the motor and what we need to maybe win this race, but I feel like we could get a real good finish. And Jimmy's been really driving his heart out. We just really need a caution flag right now, and we'll be in pretty good shape. Well, you started up a 15th position. He's held uh, in that area all day long. Yeah, he's been real consistent. Uh, the problem is right now, like I say, we just have need a, need a break right now more than anything else. This is where we can get back up out of the front of the pack. That's Jeff Hammond, the crew chief for today, Jimmy Horton. And as Jeff was talking about having to have a dancing partner, Dale Earnhardt, working in tandem with Mark Martin, worked around Brett Bodine, around, excuse me, around Jeff Bodine, around Hutt Strickland, Rusty Wallace, Harry Gant, all of those cars now going a lap down. So 17 cars are being shown on the lead lap. And for the moment, Dale Earnhardt continues to lead, and Earnhardt now trying to pull away as he leaves everybody else in his wake as the advantage continues to grow. We'll be back. Some of the front runners are on pit road. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Mark Martin come in and it changed right side tires on his car. They got uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt in. They changed right side on his car also. We'll have to see how they come out on a pit stop on this one when they get back up to speed. They helped that car and shook it and shook it and shook it to get all the Unical gasoline that they could get. They're a little bit marginal on being able to finish this thing. I don't think if they get all the fuel in, they'll, they'll have plenty of time. If they don't get it all in, they're going to have some trouble. Mark, Mark Martin's car didn't really do that. They just dumped the gas in, changed the, changed the tires, and let him go. So we'll see what tells at the end. It looks like it may come down to a fuel thing again if by chance they don't have another caution. Well, they'll get pretty good gas mileage here, running much smaller restrictor plate, and also, in just a moment ago, was Kenny Schrader's car. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. We've caught up with Rick Wilson, driver of the Dinnerbell Oldsmobile. Rick, what put you in the garage area? I have motor blowed up. Uh, you know, I don't know what, what happened, if it broke a camshaft or whatever, but, you know, it was just a long day. We uh, we started in the rear. We got up to probably about 10th or 11th, uh, and in just a few laps, the car was running great. Then we had some pit stops that got behind, and, uh, you know, we've been trying to play catch up all day, but then I reckon the motor went. Rick, you were telling us when uh, we were talking during the break about how the spoiler angle didn't really change your car as you had run a 30-degree spoiler at Daytona, but there are some of the cars that are handling a little bit looser. Tell us about that and how it feels following those cars. Yeah, you know, I, I run a 30-degree at Daytona and at Talladega here before, and uh, you know, I started with a 30, and uh, some of the cars that were running less or more are out there running with 30 degrees, and I think they probably need a little bit more, but it's not as bad as you would think, so uh, last pit stop, I come in and knock my spoiler up two degrees because I was a little loose, and I'd rather be, you know, loose. I mean, rather be tight and loose. Rick, from what you've seen, can anybody catch Dale Earnhardt? Well, i tell you what, he's real strong. But i tell you what, it just all depends on who can get hooked up on him. If some good cars can get hooked up behind him and, uh, you know, he don't can't shake him, it might be a good race, but he's awful strong. The seventh car out of this afternoon's Die Hard 500, the dinner bell meets Oldsmobile of Rick Wilson. Rick Wilson saying it might take a team effort, team up on uh, Dale Earnhardt to win this thing here this afternoon. We'll see. 143 laps are down. Here at Talladega, Alabama, it's time for the pit crews to do their job as Derek Cope is in. Likewise, Alan Kowicki and Kyle
Kyle Petty, Dick Brooks. Well, Kyle Petty come in first. Alan Kowicki was in second. Gary Cope stopped third. They just, uh, I didn't see exactly how they were running on the racetrack. That's the way they got in. Kyle Petty's down and gone. Alan Kowicki's gone. Derek Cope is uh, slowly getting gone. They're back out on the racetrack. Let's go up to Jim Phillips. Jimmy Means was on pit road, having a lot of trouble getting his car started. They finally got it fired. Also, Jimmy Spencer was in with the Heinz Pontiac. He's down and away. Their service is done. We're waiting on Bill Elliott. The GAN fuel might become a big factor here in the finish of this race, much as it did at Pocono a week or so ago. Kyle Petty is not coming up to speed at all. Derek Cope is caught in behind him on the low side of the racetrack, Joe Moore, while Kowicki pulls away. Derek peeks down to the inside. Looks like he may try to get by, but now finally Kyle does come up to speed, and the duo runs down the back straightaway towards turn three. Let's go back to pit road as more cars are there. Bill Elliott came in, took on right side tires in 12.5 seconds. Also, Ricky Rudd was in for right side tires and gasoline, and now Rob Moroso brings the crown Oldsmobile in. They're on the right side of his machine, changing right side tires and trying to squeeze in all the Unical gasoline they can. Well, Lake Speed's back in. I don't know why they brought him back in this early. Uh, looked like a good chance for him to catch a block. Caution, but he is back interchanging right side on his car. Chad Little, they just dropped it down from two tires and a full tank of gas and let him go away. Uh, and the Morgan Shepherd's car came in, changed right side on him and let him go. On down the pits is uh, Davey Allison has stopped. Looked like he may have lest uh, not got a lug nut tight or something. He's backing up. They're going to do something to his car. Costly stop for Davey Allison. He pulled away from the pit, pulled about halfway down the pit lane, stopped, probably to sit there some eight or ten seconds, finally put the car in reverse, and now backs it up, and the crew go back to work on it. But it is really costing Davey Allison. These stops are being made under green. And track position, as Davey told us the other day, is so very important here. Well, because the competition is so tough, track position has become incredibly important, and pit strategy has played a big part in that. The guys that have really good pit stops on a consistent basis are usually the ones with an advantage. And then every once in a while you'll see somebody do something like we did at at Bristol and just elect not to pit at all, take a chance, and it pay off. Um, but track position has been has been the key to winning at uh, probably, I'd say, 65% to 70% of the races this year, whereas before it would maybe be 30%. Meanwhile, here's the race leader, Bobby Hillen, on pit road for service. Let's cover his stop. And they go to the right side on the sticker Buick to change right side tires and putting in Unical gasoline. No chassis adjustment on this machine. They took uh, take a look at the left side tires, and we were talking earlier about that track position. But Elliott came in and did his stop in 12.5 seconds, which was quicker than the Earnhardt stop, which was 17 seconds. You can see where it put him on the racetrack. So now that all the front runners have made their pit stops, going right back into the lead, Dale Earnhardt. Second is Mark Martin. A short break, and we'll be back. Back at Talladega, let's go to the garage in Winston Kelly. We're with Butch Miller, who just brought the Mr. Peanut entry in. Butch, what happened? Well, we're just running along, and, and all of a sudden, uh, I just dropped a cylinder. You know, and we weren't running that good, so I guess if this if we're going to drop a cylinder this year, which is our first one, you know, uh, this is the place to do it. After a very strong run last weekend, Butch Miller out of this afternoon's Die Hard 500. And a change for the lead in turn two. Bill Elliott down to the inside of Dale Earnhardt. He takes the top spot, Earnhardt in second. Mark Martin falls back to third. A Ford, a Chevrolet, and a Ford now overtaking the slowing car of Brett Bodine. Rusty Wallace also off the pace on the back 
straightaway, but the lead trio heads to turn three. Bill Elliott has been biding his time the entire race, hanging back in eighth and ninth, but now he assumes the top spot, and this crowd is going crazy. The Bill Elliott fans waving their shirts and hats. Elliott at the top spot, Earnhardt second, Mark Martin a close third. 38 laps to settle it here in the Die Hard 500, but for the moment, this crowd comes alive again, and this time it's for their hero, Bill Elliott, who has just taken the lead away from Dale Earnhardt. Mark Martin rides in the third spot. They're all three locked together. 152 laps on the board. 188 make up the total distance here this afternoon. Bill Elliott continues for the moment to lead with Dale Earnhardt running in the second spot. Mark Martin third. Ricky Rudd is fourth and Sterling Marlin fifth. Among that group, Bill Elliott has won here. He's got a couple of wins at the Talladega Super Speedway. Dale Earnhardt has three wins here. Mark Martin is looking for his first win at this track. Likewise, Ricky Rudd, Sterling Marlin looking for his first ever Winston Cup win. Let's get an update down from Dick Brooks where Rusty Wallace's car has just been on pit road. Rusty Wallace has uh, just gone behind the pit wall. Harold Elliott, the engine builder, is here. Harold, what happened? Jake Rusty said he thought of dropping an exhaust valve. You know, we were trying to stretch a fuel mileage, and, you know, things have been bad all week, and they don't usually get any better down here. But, uh, you know, we were hanging on trying to get a good finish, and I guess that's a, an end to a rotten day to start with, but I hate it happen. Well, they've just pushed the car behind the wall going toward the garage area. bunch of disappointed people, but uh, that's part of it. They have not really been hooked up all day. They've been able to run up in the lead lap, and they had gotten up as high as about uh, 11th or 12th a little bit earlier this afternoon, but Rusty Wallace will now call it a day. Let's check in with Jim Phillips on pit road. Well, we're in the Bill Elliott pit with Mike Bean, the crew chief. Mike, you brought Bill in. This team had a super pit stop, but the question is, with a 12.5-second pit stop, did you get enough fuel in to go the distance? Yeah, the, we're getting real good gas mileage, and, uh, you know, Mike Brandt, the gas man, he uh, he done a great job in the tire change and everything, and the motor's running good, and the car's driving good. We're just going to wait and see, but we got enough gas, I'm, I'm fairly sure of that. And the question is, can you handle Dale Earnhardt? Say that again. I said, can you handle Dale Earnhardt? Oh, yeah. We're going to try. That's Mike Beam, the crew chief for Bill Elliott. Could be a little strategy in Dale Earnhardt's thinking also. Now, I don't know that Earnhardt did this deliberately, but the car riding along in the second in that draft will burn a little less fuel than the guy pushing, punching the hole in the air for you. And Earnhardt might have that in mind also to cut himself a little extra margin in the fuel department if indeed they need it. But long ways to go and anything can happen. 155 laps are on the board. Go ahead, Dick. Barney, Richard Childers standing here with uh, Dale Earnhardt's car owner. Richard, uh, it kind of tightened up here all of a sudden. You got enough fuel to make it? Uh, if we hang in that draft, we think we can. We'll be all right, I think. <laughs> well, that kind of answers the question then. Are you hanging in the draft to try to make the fuel last, or did uh, you just get beat there a minute ago? Well, we just want to be uh, save that gas. Okay. Well, that may answer that question. I talked to Gary Nelson with the Kyle Petty's car, and uh, he said that uh, when the thing left the pits, something happened. It just wouldn't come up to speed while they were talking about it. The radio went out. So he doesn't uh, he doesn't know what happened, except the car's running well now, and they can finish on gas. Uh, uh, talked to Buddy Parrott also with Derek Cope's car, and he said they didn't have any problem with gas. They could finish. So I think these guys are pretty sure what they can do. The one thing, we talked about Earnhardt. He had a 17-second stop. They're trying to fill the car up. Elliott was uh, reported to have a 12-second stop. That's five seconds. That's a whole lot to make up. But put Elliott right where he's at. Now we'll have to see what happens at the end. 
Greg Sachs has just gone a lap down. He is pitting on a different sequence than everybody else. He came in to pit on lap 127 and has not yet pitted here, but nevertheless, he has gone a lap down or another lap down at this juncture. He'll pit him two laps down on the afternoon. Pat McKenna has stepped into the booth, the president of Plastic Coat, the folks who, among other factors, involve themselves with NASCAR's winning finish award. And you folks are on board with uh, Buddy Baker and Junie Donlevy in a sponsorship this week. And uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to continue, but it's nice to see uh, the involvement on a, a week-to-week basis. That's right. We've been involved for about three years. We've had a lot of good luck with uh, NASCAR and Winston Cup Racing, and we were really pleased to have Buddy Baker as the driver today. I think until you folks really started publicizing your program and your product, I don't know if a lot of folks realize just how many teams actually used Plastic Coat. Oh, I think almost all of them use Plastic Coat. We've been very fortunate. We are known for uh, our winning finish in Plastic Coat, and uh, I think all the teams use it. And I think the crew chiefs appreciate the fact that they're in line to pick up anywhere from $1,000 to $5,000 and more over the course of the season from you. That's right. We hope that uh, we'll be able to give away a little more money this year. Well, someone will grab some here this afternoon. Pat, great to see you and enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pat McKenna, the president of Plastic Coat, sponsors of NASCAR's winning finish award. Three of the cars that are losing some time to the leaders and have had problems here off and on all day, not being able to get hooked up in a draft and catch back up to the front. Right now, Davey Allison is on the speedway just running all by himself. There's no cars within a quarter of a mile in either direction of Davey. Also, Greg Sachs, that you pointed out, his pit stop a little out of sequence also. He is out there running by himself without the aid of a draft, along with Morgan Shepard, who has not had a good day here at Talladega. Although they've run fairly well, he hasn't been up at the front of the pack that much. No, he hasn't. A bit of a disappointment, but uh, Morgan Shepard still, overall, they've had a superb season to this point. We still have a lot of racing yet to go. 158 laps on the board, 30 remain, and we'll be settling this one among potentially three, if not more, drivers. Bill Elliott, who was taken over the lead just a short while ago from Dale Earnhardt, who runs second, and your third place runner, Mark Martin. Perry Gant has just made a pit stop, and he is down and away in the Skull Bandit, coming back onto the speedway at lap 160. No change up front. It's still Bill Elliott leading here in the Die Hard 500. Dale Earnhardt running second. Mark Martin is third. Here in Talladega, Alabama, the Die Hard 500. Now 161 laps complete, 27 remain. 11 cars are in the garage area. The most recent retiree is standing with Winston Kelly. Brett Bodine, kind of an up-and-down day. What finally put you in the garage area? Well, the Quaker State York was... Uh real well. It, uh, the crew chief Larry McReynolds was telling me the combination of Lake Speed, Bobby Hill, and myself were catching the leaders. And, uh, you know, it was a good sign that uh, we had a car that could have been competitive. Early in the race, we equalized the tire on that one restart, and that got us a lap down. And, uh, you know, it's just so hard to make it up on your own. But, you know, things were looking up when we were starting to catch the leaders and chase them down. And we made that last pit stop, and something happened to the engine. Uh, it'd been running just a tad warm all day, and uh, uh, maybe something happened because of that, but maybe possibly a drop valve, something like that. But, you know, the quick state view of Regal was running real well at that time, and it's a shame it put us out. Well, after a week off next week, they'll be back strong at Watkins Glen. This Quaker State team always runs strong on the road courses back at Brett Bodine's home state of New York. 
Bill Elliott still leading here at lap 163 as he takes the front four, or the front three locked in together back into turn number two, and they're staying single file and putting a little daylight on the fourth place car. Joe Moore, they're, they're not catching up too quick. Sterling Marlin's back there. He's running in the fourth spot. He's got a draft of his own. He's trying to build up to track down the front runners. Alan Kowicki and Ricky Rutter in that pack of cars, and they're not having very much luck tracking down the front two cars, or front three, that is. Further back, another pack of cars trying to track down those front runners. Kyle Petty, along with the uh, Ernie Irvin car, running on the back stretch. Those four cars running along with Hutt Strickland and Derek Cope now as they head up into turn three, running about half a lap behind the leaders. If you look at the leader, Bill Elliott, he's able to open up just a bit of a gap as he goes into turn four, and I think he's trying to practice for the finish. If he can get at least two car lengths or three car lengths over Earnhardt at turn four, he can win this race. So the field continues to circulate lap 164. Jimmy Horton is now directly ahead of Sterling Marlin in that next draft. They're all tied tightly together, though Horton is not on the lead lap while Sterling Marlin is along with Alan Kowicki and Ricky Rudd, and they'll run in that formation now as they work lap 164. Our congratulations to Steve Grissom from Gadsden, Alabama. He won the Bush Grand National Series race this weekend over Chuck Bound, Jimmy Hensley, and Tommy Houston. That was the top four at the Pulaski County Speedway in Dublin, Virginia. Next weekend, although the Winston Cup Tour is off, we will be carrying our microphones to Indianapolis, Indiana, Indianapolis Raceway Park for the Kroger NASCAR 2. They run on Saturday night. The track opens for qualifying and practice on Friday. It's normally a one-day show. This year, it is a two-day show. The track opens on Friday. Racing on Saturday will be on the air at 8.30 Eastern time on Saturday night. The next Winston Cup Series race, as Winston Kelly just mentioned with the Brett Bodine there in the garage, will be the Budweiser at the Glen on Sunday, August 12th from Watkins Glen, New York. Then August 19th, the Champion 400 from Brooklyn, Michigan, and under the lights, Saturday night, August 25th, the Bush 500 from Bristol, Tennessee. Looking ahead to the month of September, will be at Darlington Raceway for the Heinz Southern 500 on September 2nd. September 9th, the Miller 400 from Richmond, Virginia. Dover, Delaware hosts the Winston Cup Tour September 16th. Martinsville Speedway in Virginia, September 23rd. And North Wilkesboro on September the 30th. The ticket offices are open right now at all of those speedways. And again, next weekend, 8.30 Eastern Time, next Saturday night from Raceway Park in Indianapolis, Indiana. Eli? Go right ahead, Dick. <laughs> okay. I don't ever know for sure when you're through, and I hate to interrupt a man that's your size. <laughs> no mirrors in the Brooks household, I trust. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're bad, you know. We got a, I'm standing in Mark Martin's pits, and uh, by the way, there's some good news and bad news here, I guess. Uh, just talked to Robin Pemberton, uh, crew chief for the car, and uh, he's been uh, nominated the Western Auto, no, Auto, Auto Mechanic of the Race Award. Gives him $1,000. Gives him another chance at $25,000 at the end of the year. That's the good news. The bad news, he says, that uh, may not be able to finish on the fuel. Yeah, we're trying to stay lined up right now best we can and conserve all all the fuel we got left. Uh, it's going to be right down to the end, but it's going to be pretty tight. Was it really that tight to have to stop one or two laps? You couldn't stretch it one or two laps this time? Yeah, it's... We didn't wait to fill up on the last stop. Uh, we were really hoping to get a caution before the end, but uh, it's just going to be real tight. Well, you guys kind of set the precedent for the stops. You and Earnhardt running together. When you came in and stopped, changed tires, went back out, they almost had to, or they were going to lose some time. Is that uh, Was that any kind of strategy, or did you plan to do that? or? No, it was just uh, we'd run so long on the left side tires that uh, the car was getting real loose on Mark. So 
we ran as long as we could uh, from a safety standpoint on the tires. Well, that's some uh, good strategies yourself. You've got to finish these things in order to uh, to try to be around at the end. And uh, with tires that are marginal, or if you think they're marginal, driver thinks it's a marginal, they've got to do something with it. That's kind of interesting because he's got to run about 48 laps. Uh, Earnhardt stopped the next lap after that. If my count's right, it's around 47. Now, we're talking about Elliott having problems uh, making it or whatever. Uh, again, uh, I can't add too good, but 42 laps is what he's going to have to run. May have a lead change in turn three. Looking at the leaders now. The crowd is on their feet looking for the leaders, and I cannot pick them up. It looks like it is Earnhardt. Earnhardt has gotten around Bill Elliott. So the Dale Earnhardt fans are on their feet, and Earnhardt starts to pull it out over Bill Elliott into the trioval. Earnhardt had started taking a look underneath Bill Elliott coming through the trioval here, and as they crossed the start-finish line, he tucked down to the inside, kind of stayed there, just kept the car up there within a foot or two, and as he went by Joe Moore, he made the move coming off turn number two, and Earnhardt is the leader, but there's still a long ways to go. We'll be back. Back at town. Talladega, 170 laps are on the board, 188 make up the diehard 500. Dale Earnhardt didn't wait long. A lot of people probably thought, including myself, that he might wait toward the end of the race to put the move on. Not so. He made the move just a moment ago and currently is the leader. And every time I've ever talked to Dale, and I guess you have the same thing, he says, I would rather be leading. I don't care what track we're at. I want to be in front in those final laps. And right now, he is. How the outcome will be? Anybody's guess. 172 laps on the board. Only 16 remain in the running of the diehard 500. Currently, 11 cars showing on the lead lap. Dale Earnhardt, the race leader, with an average speed of 172.833 miles an hour. Bill Elliott is right behind him in second. Mark Martin, third. Alan Kowicki, fourth. Sterling Marlin, fifth. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Kyle Petty is seventh. Ernie Irvin is eighth. Ninth is Derek Cope. Ahead of 10th place, Ken Schrader and Bobby Hillen, still on the lead lap in 11th spot. 172 on the board. We've been talking about the fuel at this juncture of the race. We heard from Robin Pemberton before who said chances are his team is going to have to stop before the checkered flag comes out. Winston Kelly, you've been hanging around the gas pumps down there. What are the final numbers? An interesting story. The Dale Earnhardt team took on 20.5 gallons of gasoline after their last stop, while Mark Martin's team took on 18.9. So that would lead you to believe that Dale Earnhardt's Jim Goodrich Chevrolet burning up just a little bit more fuel than Mark Martin's Folgers Coffee Ford. So if Robin Pemberton is worried don't know what about Dale Earnhardt's crew, Richard Childress and the crew, whether or not they can make it. going to be interesting. They're about to complete 174 laps here as they work their way around the Talladega Super Speedway. Dale Earnhardt across the line. Bill Elliott has been right with him. Earnhardt's made a couple of maneuvers in traffic, Joe Moore, to kind of shake that draft and maybe leave Elliott in the dust. He hasn't been able to do it at all, but they have dropped Mark Martin off the pace a wee bit. Martin was right up there in the thick of things just about five or six laps ago, and he's dropped back now, separated from the front two cars by the lap car of Lake speed here on the back stretch. Heavy lap traffic now for the leader, Earnhardt. He moves to the outside of the Jimmy Spencer car. Now he looks to the outside of the Bobby Hillen car. He's got Michael Waltrip and Ken Schrader just ahead also. He's got a whole gaggle of cars right in front of him. Earnhardt will go down to the low line. Earnhardt again, almost on the apron, passing the slower traffic. He's taking Elliott with him. Crowd once again to their feet as they want to see how the top two cars negotiate the traffic. It is still Earnhardt in the top spot into the trioval. So the field comes back to the stripe. Dale Earnhardt right in the midst of all those cars. He's got Michael Waltrip directly ahead of him. Ken Schrader to his outside as they work back
bracket in turn number one. That formation holds set back into the corner. Earnhardt takes the inside line underneath Kenny Schrader. Michael Walter was there momentarily, but Michael now moves up higher on the racetrack, so Earnhardt follows down to the inside. Directly behind him is Elliott, then the lap car of Lake Speed. Picking his way through the traffic has allowed the Lake Speed and Mark Martin drafting combination to close once again on the front two, so those four cars will take the inside lane. Now Hillen jumps in front of Mark Martin. And he has to get on the brakes in a hurry. Mark Martin does, and now he loses even more ground to the top two cars. Meanwhile, Earnhardt and Elliott are free of the traffic, and they've got a clear track ahead of them, perhaps all the way to the checker. It could become a two-car jamble here at the end as they work back now to the start-finish line. Mark Martin hoping to get up there and hang on to it, although he is very concerned with fuel right now and trying to save as much as he can. And while the fourth-place car, Sterling Marlin, is some nine and a half seconds behind him, so they're not going to be a factor unless they get a caution. Earnhardt, clear traffic over in turn two. Mark Martin has four cars separating him from the first and second place machines. Off turn number two, it's Earnhardt. Elliott right behind him, about five car lengths back of that next pack of traffic. At this point, the Elliott and Earnhardt combination has separated itself from that group, and Mark Martin's going to have an awful time trying to close back up. Now he bypasses the Bobby Hillen car, but he's got no more drafting help. All right, the cream has risen to the top in Earnhardt and Elliott. They open up about six car lengths over Mark Martin, and you're right, Mark Martin now is kind of lost in that slower traffic, doesn't have enough power to get out of it, so it now comes down to a two-car battle into the trioval. At this moment, we're on a pace to establish a brand new event record for the Die Hard 500. When Lenny Pond won this race back in 1978, he turned a track at 174.7 miles an hour for the 500 miles. We are on a, pra- on a pace to eclipse that here this afternoon because we've only had two caution flags, although the track record for a 500-mile race is still well out of reach, 186.2, which Bill Elliott established in his Ford back in May of 1985. Right now, coming around to the signal that will say 10 laps to go. That's what will be greeting the drivers as they come through the trioval one more time to the attention of Doyle Ford on the flag stand as the lead continues to be battled for Bill Elliott, Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin. They're all there, but it's Earnhardt right now who shows the way. Back at Talladega, Greg Sachs has just made a late stop to take in a splash of fuel. And Mark Martin, the third-place car, is on pit road. Let's cover his stop. Well, he's taking on just a little bit of gas. they got to drop in that extra two or three gallons they didn't use before. They, uh, we made the comment that uh, Childers helped the car, kept shaking it, packing it, packing it, packing it. They put in 20 and a half gallons, and uh, they let uh, Mark Martin out a while ago with only 18 and a half gallons. And it was has proven to be a very costly mistake. Yeah, it looked like he had a locked-in third place for sure, and this fuel stop is going to drop him far back in the running order unless we get a caution flag. 100 and, what, 69 laps on the board over there? 179 on the 79 board. 79 right on the board, so it's getting down to the finish. Well, after his pit stop for fuel moments ago, Mark Martin came in in third spot. He is now ninth place on the racetrack. The final car on the lead lap having to come in for that splash of Unical fuel. 181 laps are on the board. 188 make up the distance. Don't forget, we'll announce the winner of the Goodies Headache Award that's being voted upon by the media. That coming up following the race today. And our MRN crew will be voting the peak performance cool move of the race award to a driver, crew chief, or a team member. $500 on the line from peak, and we'll announce all of that following the checkered flag. 
181 laps are on the board. Seven to go between Dale Earnhardt right now and Bill Elliott. Earnhardt is the leader. Elliott's been locked right in that draft all the way around this racetrack. Elliott probably knows with just two cars up there to settle it, they're going to have no traffic problems. There's only a couple of cars directly ahead, and very unlikely they'll catch those two Joe Moore before they come down to the checkered flag. So Elliott may have just one shot at him and one shot only. For the last 15 laps or so, Barney, it seems that uh, Elliott has been dropping back about a car length behind Earnhardt, but now he's right up on his bumper, just inches off the rear deck of the Goodwrench Chevrolet as they hit the back straightaway once again. Now moving all by themselves down this long back straightaway. Still Earnhardt and Elliott. Tuck nose the tail, the Chevrolet and the Ford off to turn three. Elliott seems to really enjoy it right there at the entrance of three. He seems to go in a little bit deeper than Earnhardt. So if he's going to pull off a pass, it may be between turns three and four. But for right now, it is still Earnhardt by just half a car length over Bill Elliott. Field comes back towards the tri-oval area. The indication will be five laps to go. That's the signal being waved to Dale Earnhardt and Bill Elliott by starter Doyle Ford atop the flag stand. Bill Elliott has not won since the final race of the 1989 season in Phoenix, Arizona, or the next to the last race, let me correct myself, in Phoenix, where's Dale Earnhardt winning most recently at Daytona, July 7th. They're back in turn two. Earnhardt right down at the bottom of the racetrack. Elliott there right on his tire tracks. Once again off the corner, no one giving up a bit here. No moves by Earnhardt to dart to the inside and try and break the draft, just running the high line on the back straightaway. Elliott tucked right in his tracks into three. Now, if you're Bill Elliott, who is the last man in the world you want to pass for the lead? Of course, it's Dale Earnhardt. His car is just going to try and get wider and wider and wider each time around. So Bill Elliott has got to try and figure out a way, and right now he's doing it with just a handful of laps left. This crowd is cheering him on. Here they come, down to the line. As we look down pit road, all the pit crews all of a sudden, there's an awful lot of legs up on that pit wall watching what's going on on the racetrack. Let's find out what the mood is in these two protagonists as they work it down to the line going on. First to Jim Phillips. Well, we're down here with Mike Beam. Mike, you got four laps to do it. Can you do it? I don't know. I really don't. You know, Bill's the only one that knows. He's going to try. It's all That's Mike Beam, the crew chief for Bill Elliott. And Dick Brooks has been in and out of Dale Earnhardt's pits all afternoon. They haven't seemed too worried, have they? Well, they haven't seemed worried at all on the thing. They've got the board standing out, and just in case they do have to come in for fuel. Or he, he, you know, if a thing blurps coming down uh, where they're pitting, if it blurps uh, after he comes off the fourth turn, he can still get stopped. If it's too far down uh, off the fourth turn, he can't get stopped in the pits. He's got to go around. Of course, if he runs out uh, just after he passes the pits, he's going to lose a lap getting back. They've got all the gas cans and stuff out. They could service him awful quick if the thing did blurp. And I'm not for sure that they're uh, totally for sure they can do this. They don't have that gas cans sitting on the wall and everybody as ready as they are if they were totally certain they could do it. Bill Elliott's uh, crew down the road, they're all sitting back behind the wall waiting just to see if he can pass it. This is a similar situation to what happened here in May when Dale Earnhardt was looking in his rear view mirror trying to keep Greg Sachs behind him. What were you thinking about then, Dale? I was trying to play him as bad as he's wanting to play me and uh, luckily it worked for me. If I uh, was faced with the situation this race, I would be working to see where I was stronger than him and, you know, trying to plan my play whether it had been the last lap or the 10 laps to go or whenever. But I think I've been trying to make my play uh, and be ready for it. 
Well, two laps to go this time now as the field heads back into turn number one. The leaders are eight and a half seconds ahead of third place, Sterling Marlin. They're back in one. Last lap, they went around the slower cars of Jeff Bodine and Jimmy Means. Now they've cleared those machines. Riding all alone, here's Elliott making a bit on the outside of Earnhardt. Earnhardt dropped to the inside to try and break Elliott's draft. Elliott stayed on the high side, now tucks down behind Earnhardt. Earnhardt trying to catch a draft off the slowing car of Dick Trickle. About two car lengths separate the two now. Neither driver has really tipped their hand in the last three laps, but now they must. Earnhardt dives low into turn four, able to open up just a bit of a gap. This is surprising. This is a little bit of a change from previous laps. Earnhardt showing some muscle here into the trial oval. Bill Elliott has only been able to get underneath Earnhardt in the corner, not in the straightaways. As it comes down to a horsepower battle on the final lap, white flag for Dale Earnhardt and Bill Elliott as they take it back to turn one. Bill Elliott again looking to the inside as he go into turn number one. Now he'll peek around on the outside. Earnhardt puts it right down at the bottom of the racetrack. Elliott is there looking to the outside. Now following back at the fire tracks of Dale Earnhardt off turn number two, separated by a car length and a half. Lap traffic running a good half the straightaway ahead. Shouldn't come Driving off turn number two, Kenny Schrader and Jimmy Spencer hit the wall. Spencer flips three, four times. Now falls back on its wheels in the backstretch. This will not affect the battle for the lead. They have to race to the start finish. It is still Earnhardt with just about a car length over Bill Elliott. Classic Chevrolet versus Ford battle. The crowd waving their hats, throwing their t-shirts. Earnhardt will lead into the trioval. The cars come through the trioval area. They'll close in on the Mark Stahl machine. Stahl stays to the inside. Earnhardt swings to the outside. Dale Earnhardt wins his sixth race of the 1990 season, taking the checkered flag in the diehard 500. Bill Elliott finishes in the second spot. Meanwhile, on the back straightaway, a wild flip many times over for Jimmy Spencer and a spin for Ken Schrader. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Amazing for Jimmy Spencer. The car flipped over twice here on the back straightaway. Hit the outside retaining wall. It knocked it back over. He refired it and drove back around to finish the race. For Schrader, not quite that lucky. Now, Schrader has climbed out the car. He's signaling to safety personnel. There's debris scattered all over the racetrack here. But Schrader's car with a lot of damage sitting on the inside of the racetrack. The whole thing started as the cars came off of turn number two here. A pack of cars trying to get by some of the slower traffic on the inside. Schrader got slid into the outside retaining wall. Then he collected Jimmy Spencer. And again, Spencer flipped here on the back stretch and miraculously drove back around. Spencer is now driving around this racetrack and will come across the line to take the checkered flag. We'll have a further update on that crash in a moment. Right now, let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, it's a happy crew here again. As Childers just uh, just got everybody's congratulating him. I tell you, they didn't hurt us as bad as they did the last time you won, but the happy bunch. Yeah, I tell you, Dick, it's just great to win. This GM Goodrich team is just super. You know, they worked all winter to build this car and it really paid off and our engine shop's done a super job for us and it's just been a great year on these speedways. Were you a little concerned about the fuel? You had all the gas cans out. Yeah, my knees are still knocking that last lap. Yeah. Okay. I don't think they, I, you know, most of the time these guys don't move. They just uh, stand there and, oh, yeah, we're confident we can do it. Yeah, we can do it. I didn't think they did. I thought they thought, man, this is, it's going to be awful close. And it was. They were a happy bunch when he come by that last time. And, Barney, I don't know about you. I'm sure maybe over the years you've seen something like that. But a driver whose car flips a couple of times, does a couple of barrel rolls down the back straightaway, ends up on its wheels, and the car didn't stop. He just kept on trucking down the road, comes across to take the checkered flag. That's something I've never seen before. I think I've seen it a couple of times, but uh, you don't see that one very often. And let's hope both drivers are okay. Obviously, Jimmy Spencer is. We'll get a report on Kenny Schrader as quickly as we can. We'll be back in a minute. Ralph Emery here with Richard Petty. Richard, your travel schedule is even worse than mine. How do you keep going week after week? Well, when the car's running great, no problem. 
But when the headaches start multiplying, we keep a big supply of Goodies headache powders handy. You and me both. You know, Goodies contains the fastest, most effective combination of pain relievers you can buy without a prescription. Well, all I know is neither Ralph Emery or Richard Petty travels far without Goodies. Goodies, the South's number one headache powder. NASCAR Winston Cup champion Rusty Wallace talks about Pontiac Motorsports. When they say Pontiac, I think excitement. I think of performance, and I think of those first victories in the Winston Cup championship. Pontiac is an excitement-built car company, and they're always going to have performance-type cars, and I doubt it will ever be without a good Pontiac. The truth is in the performance. A guy in a showroom looking at a Pontiac benefits a lot because, hey, the truth is on the racetrack. The championship, a lot of wins. I think it all speaks for itself, really. Pontiac Motorsports. We build excitement. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. Sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Welcome back to Talladega Super Speedway. The Die Hard 500 has become the sixth win of the year for Dale Earnhardt of the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet. Let's establish again that both Jimmy Spencer and Ken Schrader are okay after that spin-off turn number two. Spencer driving around in his beaten and battered Heinz 57 Pontiac, while Ken Schrader climbed from his Kodiak Chevrolet. The running order, Earnhardt, Elliott, Sterling Marlin, Alan Kowicki, and Ricky Rudd. That's as of uh, what we've got for the moment. Further back, sixth position goes to Ernie Irvin, Derek Cope seventh, Kyle Petty eighth, and Mark Martin in ninth spot after running so very well. We'll go to the garage in a moment, but first time for the MRN crew to select the peak performance. Cool move of the race award. Joe Moore, you start the nominations. Got to go with Jimmy Spencer. I don't know if that was luck or if that was skill, but I've never seen anything like it. It was pretty cool to me. I vote for Jimmy Spencer. Alan Bestwick. Got to give a nomination to Derek Cope. That car was scraping the wall all day long, but he brought it home in one piece. Dan Hubbard. I'm going to go uh, with Jimmy Spencer off of uh, Joe's description. Let's go down to the garage area, Winston Kelly. I'd like to give a nod to Mike Beam and the crew for getting Bill Elliott in and out as quick as they did. We've caught up with Bill Elliott. Bill, yesterday we were kidding about I was the last person you normally wanted to see on a race day. Not too bad today, although you'd rather be down there with Dick Brooks. Second place is not bad today. Well, here's three weekends in a row and we're second place, you know, from Seattle to Pocono to here, you know, but we've we've done a lot since Daytona. You know, they repaired this car and it was tore up fairly bad and we really didn't have a chance to test or anything, and I think the guys did a real good job. You know, they really helped me get second place. I, you know, they're the ones that got me second place. I'll put it that way from getting me in and out of the pits. How about those last three or four laps? You looked down to the inside of Dale coming down the home straightaway a couple of times. Did you just not quite have it? Was he that strong, or was it the draft? What was it? Well, he was that strong. You know, he'd been. You know, he backed up. He kind of let me lead there for a while, messing around. You know, I could lead as long as kind of somebody was pushing me along. But you know, by myself, I never could do anything. If I'd had somebody behind me to help push me, I might have could have made a move on him. But then the other problem was we were catching lap cars, and that was helping him and hurting me. Well, if anybody's wondering where the Coors Melling Ford Thunderbird is, it's right up at the front of the pack again where it's been for so many years. Bill Elliott with a strong second-place run. And my nomination for the Pete Cool Move of the Race Award goes to Mike Beam and the Coors team. Let's get a nomination from Jim Phillips. I'll nominate uh, the same team. 12.5 on the pit stop. If it had been for that stop, he would not have gotten second place. I'm going to go with him, and I've got Sterling Marlin. Sterling, 
I just talked a minute ago. I said, when this team finishes, you really finish good. Third place today. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, you know, we run fifth there at Daytona and went to Pocono, and uh, I know we'll run second between me and Harry just run out of the real estate down there in that tunnel turn. But uh, the crew done a real good job today. You do had a heck of a motor in the car. Car drove good, and that's what it takes. you got to just keep it dead on the mat here at, uh, you know, with these restrictor plates, and uh, you can drive by them. And the uh, car drove good. Like I said, uh, I want to thank Snow Cole and Oldsmobile and uh, say hello to my wife. Today's anniversary. I was doing all I could to win it. Well, Sterling, you, know, you had to make a tire change there at the end, or you could have maybe done better. Well, you know, we don't know. Uh, we come in and look like the crew done a real good job because with a pack of cars, I don't want to get away from them. And uh, you don't know whether it was getting in the pits or the crew done a good job. And uh, we got in and out of the pits, and them guys was uh, a quarter mile behind when we got out. So crew was on their toes. They done a good job today. Did you find any particular car that was better to draft with any make? Not really. I just, uh, we got behind on it first stop, changed four tires, and really had to, uh, you know, run a car, well, just wide open on the bottom, three deep, four deep, to get back up the front, and got back up the second one, Dale. And, uh, uh, you know, just no particular car, it didn't, it didn't matter. Uh, the three, he was just so stout. I mean, he's got so much motor, you, you can get a run at him, is all you can do. That's Sterling Marlin. Fine third place finish today. Let's go down to Victory Lane and Dick Brooks. Well, a vote for the Cool Move Awards got to go to Jimmy Spencer. I think uh, Keo Yarbrough was asked one time, when do you quit driving? And he said, well, you don't never quit. Even if it's upside down, you got to keep driving. It may turn over and you can save it. He did it this time. <laughs> so I got to go with Jimmy Spencer. But I'll tell you, somebody that's a happy man here is Dale Earnhardt. And uh, sitting here trying to get a rest with his family. Dale? I tell you, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Childers didn't know if he was going to make it or not this time. He wasn't sitting there as cool as he generally does. I don't think he was either. He was saying we could make it, and then he was saying draft. So he was unsure of it, and I knew he was, and I drafted. And I also run the throttle a little bit off at different times when I was in front of Bill there. When I seen he'd fall back, I would throttle up a little and try to save all the gas we could. And it run out uh, – after we made the lap there and backed up to check the spoiler, it ran out coming back to Victor Lane. So we were close. Now they had a, he said at first, he told me at first, he said, no problem, we can make it. And then uh, and they held you in there longer, longer than uh, normally would, and they shook the car a little bit and filled it up with fuel. And I think that was a very good move for him. Did you really know that Bill Elliott was uh, probably somebody you could handle? Well, I didn't know. I just was going to have to race him. I felt like I could do it better in front, and about 15 or 20 to go, I got in front of him and see what I could do with it. I knew it was going to be tough, but, you know, we just had to be up and try to run our play. I'd like to dedicate this race and this win to, to Max Martell, uh, Benny and Cheryl Martell's son that passed away this week, and uh, my wishes and prayers go out to the family. Well, I tell you, it's been a been a kind of a, a crazy race and what have you but uh, for the whole week but you've uh, you guys have just kind of really got your act together the car's strong the trouble you had for four or five races you've seemed to solve those problems look like the rest of the year is going to be like this well he's his speedway races have been awful good you know the the team they're working real hard and uh they're, they're striving to get all they can get in every race, and it doesn't matter where we go. we got a good program for here on out. Uh, even our road course uh, up at Watkins Glen is looking good this year, and we're just going to be working on them race by race. We got behind that way, and we're going to try to come back that way. Well, I don't pull for nobody, but I tell you, it sure helps Chevrolet sales when you do this. I guarantee you, since you just bought that new store, it helps mine and yours, Dick. <laughs> all right. Thank you much. i got to get out of here and stop selling cars.
Dale Earnhardt going into victory lane this afternoon and a very happy man. Earnhardt is going to have one of the bigger paydays of the year. Again, we told you earlier he will get $68,400 winning the Unical Challenge here this afternoon in addition to first place money here at Talladega. So that money will start over brand new at Watkins Glen with a $7,600 purse there. I'm going to nominate Jimmy Spencer also, Barney, as far as the peak cool move of the race award. It happened on the very last lap and Jimmy was hovering around 15th, 18th much of the day, uh, eventually finishing 24th. But uh, like I said before, I've not seen a man flip like that and keep the engine running and just truck on down the road again. That's deserving, I think, of a nomination. I think I'll cast a vote in that direction also, just to have the composure to bring that car back on around the racetrack and finish. Certainly deserves a vote. Mr. Excitement, Jimmy Spencer, living up to that nickname today. He'll take home the $500 as the winner of the Peak Antifreeze Cool Move of the Race Award. Let's go back to Winston Kelly in the garage. Another driver who had a little bit of bad fortune early in the year, as did Bill Elliott. Now coming on strong, Alan Kowicki. Strong fourth place run today, Alan. Yeah, we're really pleased with that. Uh, You know, we had a couple of good pit stops and got out of the pits real good there at the end. We had been running about 10th, and that enabled us to get up there to about 4th or 5th. And We came within a couple seconds of catching that lead draft, and we were trying real hard, but we, you know, we just couldn't quite do it. There toward the end of the race, when you got running nose to tail with Sterling, did you feel like you might could catch him? A couple of times I thought I could, and then he'd get away from me, and I had been in front of him before that pit stop, and you know, it looked about the same way before the pit stop. I'd get away from him, and we were just really pretty even. You know, a couple times I thought we might have been a little quicker with me out front, and I tried to get by him, but he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't give up the spot. And so we just ran the best we could and got a fourth out of it and, you know, fortunate to get through that mess on the backstretch there on the last lap. Uh, I'm just real thankful that we had a good day and no trouble. Alan, how about the, uh, the change in the handling of the car with the increased spoiler angle? It really has no effect on us. You know, the rule was 25 before, and I don't know anybody out here that could run 25 degrees anyhow. We had to run a little over 30 today, and uh, it really had no effect on us. You know, it slowed us down in qualifying a little bit, but uh, really no effect for the race because we're running more than 30 anyhow. Alan Kowicki, driver of the Z-Rex Ford Thunderbird, with a very solid fourth-place finish this afternoon. We'll come back to Talladega, Alabama with some of the post-race awards and a complete rundown for you. So stay tuned as Dale Earnhardt has won the Die Hard 500. Back with you at Talladega Super Speedway. The Die Hard 500 in the books. Dale Earnhardt gets the win over Bill Elliott, Sterling Marlin, Alan Kulwicki, and Ricky Rudd. We'll give you the full rundown in just a moment, but I believe Jim Phillips has caught up with Ricky Rudd in the garage area. Well, Ricky Rudd started 25th today, and he battled his way all the way up to 5th place in the Heinz Ketchup Award, $557, and a good run for you, Ricky, after not a good start. Well, you know, this uh, Levi Garrett crew never let down. They uh, worked, worked hard all week. We didn't qualify well, but you know, I knew this uh, Chevrolet would really run, and uh, we just need to work on maybe the handling a little bit. The car gets a little bit ill when somebody gets around up behind it, but Waddell Wilson gave us a motor, really, that was good enough to win the race today, and we really, what really hurt us, we run second there for a long time behind Earnhardt, but what hurt us is we gave the crew gave us an excellent uh, pit stop and almost enough to catch that first two or three cars. We missed it by about 50 yards, which was just enough where I couldn't draft up to them and we run along there while finally Sterling and Kawicki caught me then we had our three-car draft going but all in all it was a good day coming from so far back. Well, you in those big packs of traffic most of the day, and your car seemed, though, to respond and didn't get to too wild in those drafts like the, the cars maybe have in the past. Well, the biggest thing that keeps you so scared, you just lay the accelerator on the floorboard and take a wild chance to try to break away from them packs because, you know, you're in there, and that's when it, all the action happens. You know, the, the cleanest way to run is if you can break off in a pack of three cars. Three cars are faster than two, and three's faster than four, so that's the ideal setup, but you, you need to be with the right three cars to try to pull away. But, you know, all in all, 
mile, I thought it was a pretty good race. Everybody used their head and pretty safe race. That's Ricky Rudd, the Heinz catch-up winner today from 25th to 5th in the Die Hard 500. Most of the other post-race awards have been swept by Dale Earnhardt and the crew. As the race winner, Dale is inducted into the Gatorade Circle of Champions. He also turned the quickest single lap of the day back on lap number 7, 193.513 miles an hour. So Dale wins the Lickety Split Award from the folks at Holly Farms. The True Value Hard Charger Award, Dale Earnhardt dominates that over Mark Martin and Sterling Marlin. So, again, Dale Earnhardt picking up the post-race awards. Let's check into the garage area and see whether Winston Kelly might have caught up with Jimmy Spencer. Jimmy has gone into the infield care center for precautionary measures, Eli. We talked to a, a member of the Heinz Ketchup team, and they said Jimmy is okay. However, he did go into the infield care center just for precautionary measures, have a quick checkup. All right, so maybe we'll have time to get a thought from Jimmy before we have to leave the air the af- this afternoon. We have the rundown in front of us. Why don't we uh, pass it along to everyone? We've just been informed that Dale Earnhardt has collected the ninth highest payday ever for a race driver in Winston Cup history, just a little over $152,000 for his take-home pay here this afternoon. Earnhardt the winner. Bill Elliott will finish second, Sterling Marlin third, Alan Kowicki fourth, fifth will go to Ricky Rudd, sixth to Ernie Irvin, seventh to Derek Cope, eighth to Kyle Petty, ninth goes to Mark Martin, rounding out the top ten, Bobby Hillen, the 11th position. That's Lake Speed. Moroso um, will finish 12th. Rob Moroso, 13th position, goes to Jimmy Horton in the Darrell Waltrip car. Finishing 14th is Hutt Strickland, 15th to Harry Gantt, 16th to Kenny Schrader, 17th goes to Jeff Bodine, 18th to Greg Sachs, 19th to Chad Little, 20th to Davey Allison, 21st to Michael Waltrip, 22nd to Mickey Gibbs, 23rd to Jack Pennington, 24th to Jimmy Spencer. 25th position will go to Morgan Shepard, 26th A.J. Foyt, Bill Venturini finishes 27th, 28th is Jim Sauter, 29th is Richard Petty, and rounding out the top 30 is Jimmy Means. 31st will be Mark Stahl, 32nd Rusty Wallace, 33rd Brett Bodine, Butch Miller finishes 34th, 35th is Rick Wilson, in 36th position Dick Trickle, 37th today going to Stanley Smith, 38th is Tracy Leslie, 39th spot Dale Jarrett, and 40th Buddy Baker, 41st place money today going to the Phil Parsons car, and 42nd the first car out of the race, driver Terry Labonte. The average speed in and around 172 miles an hour. We wait for the final numbers from NASCAR. The race was slowed only twice today by cautions for a total of 10 laps. Dale Earnhardt has won the Die Hard 500 here in Talladega, Alabama, his sixth win of the 1990 racing season. Meanwhile, a big story came on that very last lap. That flip by Jimmy Spencer kept the car running when it came down on its wheels, and he drove around to take the checkered flag. We understand he is now checked out of the infield care center. Winston Kelly is there. He's standing here cracking jokes as usual. Jimmy Spencer, what happened out there? I wanted to put a show on for the fans. <laughs> no, I just, you know, Michael Walter ran out of gas and uh, Kenny Schrader uh, got into Michael's, uh, right, I think, right rear quarter panel and, uh, you know, he hit the wall pretty hard. I'm glad he's okay and uh, he came back and collected me and, uh, you know, just got me in a bad situation over there and, and put me into the wall and then I started flipping. But uh, the car came back down on all four wheels, luck would have it, and left my foot off the brake and it started back up and I finished the race. The car's tore up pretty bad, you know, but the Heinz Pontiac was running real good today, though. We ran in the top ten for a while, and uh, we broke in our valve spring. We did something like that in the engine compartment because we could never get over 6,500 the rest of the day, and uh, I just wish that thing didn't happen, but that's racing. You can tell from the tone in his voice the man they call Mr. Excitement is okay. That's a heck of a way to get the peak cool move of the, war, of the race award, but Jimmy Spencer gets that today in his Heinz Ketchup Pontiac. And our congratulations to Jimmy coming around to finish the event under adverse conditions there. Our congratulations 
Williams as well to Mr. Bill Mason from Monroe, North Carolina. He listens to MRN Radio on WSOC FM 103 out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He has won the Goodies Race for the Money contest in the month of August. Mr. Mason will be joining us at an upcoming Winston Cup race. You can as well if you'd like to enter the Goodies Race for the Money contest. The grand prize is a Daytona 500 Dream Vacation with two tickets to the Daytona 500 for 1991, a couple of tickets to the 1991 Goodies 300, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area, accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach Shores, and $1,500 in spending money. That, along with the fact that we are awarding eight racing holiday of the month prizes throughout the course of this season. If you'd like to enter, send the front panel from any size package of Goodies Headache Powders or Goodies Extra Strength Tablets, or just write those words on a plain card or a piece of paper. Send it to us along with your name, address, telephone number and the call letters of your local MRN station. The address is Goodies Race for the Money. Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. As always, there is no purchase required. Our reminder about upcoming broadcasts this week, I'll be with you on Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time with NASCAR Live. We'll be opening up the phone lines to rehash this weekend's running of the Die Hard 500 and a look ahead to the Bush series race next weekend. That's Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, NASCAR Live, on our toll-free number of 1-800-2-NASCAR. Of course, Alan Bestwick will be along with you each every afternoon with NASCAR Today, the latest news from the Winston Cup world. And then, our next race broadcast will be this coming Saturday night. We will be at Raceway Park in Indianapolis, Indiana. The Bush Grand National Series will be there for the running of the Kroger NASCAR 200. Make a note of that. It is Saturday evening, Saturday night at 8.30 Eastern time from Raceway Park in Indianapolis. Our next Winston Cup race is two weeks from today up at the road course in upstate New York, Watkins Glen, New York. The Budweiser at the Glen and the ticket office is open right now for you to make your plans for the next visit to the road course for the Winston Cup cars. Our thanks to Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, and Dan Hubbard, who covered the turns for us today. Our pit coverage from Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly. Behind the scenes, Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson were on the scoring loop. Jim Norton was our pit runner today. Again, we'll talk to you Tuesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Time with NASCAR Live. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold with congratulations to Dale Earnhardt winning the Die Hard 500 in Talladega, Alabama. So long, everybody. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.